Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest edition of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Trevor Harrison, and Mark Brooks's Ronan. I think you mean Iron Fist. I think you mean Shang Chi. Donkey. <laughs> Uh, we're talking ultimate spider-man of course we are going through every single issue of ultimate spider-man and this week we are going through uh volume 18 the end of an era this volume is entitled ultimate knights and is comprised of issues 106 through 112 oh man end of an era End of an era. This is the final volume, as Malcolm has been alluding to for weeks, of the Bendis and Bagley duo. But of course, I am joined by the only two men who I would trust to go to war with the Kingpin himself on the streets of New York City with. First off, uh, he's the decidedly man with some fears, Malcolm Russell Nelson. I do have fears. I uh, I do have fears. Right now, it's the Supreme Court. Same. And <laughs> the master of the mystic arts, or at least as much as his father was, Jacob Brown. Buenvenido, true believers. Feliz single de mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, the Doctor Strange from an uh, from an alternate universe where he just speaks Spanish. He's say <laughs> <laughs> so you're. Yeah, Doctor Strange from like the Telemundo verse. How, yes, how, do, we, how do we not know that this Doctor Strange, this Ultimate Doctor Strange, isn't Hispanic? Honestly, he could be, and yeah, that could be. He's totally and again gone. the best Doctor Strange. He's, Pedro <laughs> <Pascal>. <laughs> he's, he's a young Pedro Pascal. That'd be sick. Yo, Whoa. that'd be yo. sick. Dude. That would be really Pedro Pascal good. doing as as Ultimate Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Strange. <laughs> Shut up and, and it fits him perfectly with fucking generational trauma. Yeah, and... yes, it does. <laughs> God damn, that's a great idea. That would be awesome. <laughs> you know, I want to see an animated series of Ultimate Doctor Strange with Pedro Pascal voicing Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme to the Stars. I mean, oh, it's so I, good. I'm so mad that this isn't what they did for the Doctor Strange movie. Like I, oh, so like good. I just love the idea of generational Doctor Strange so yeah. much. I think it's yeah. such a good idea. That's a great idea. Of like, I am not my father's Doctor Strange. Like, I, I think that's so tight. He's not, and the tagline is just, "He's not your father's doctor." Like, boom, <laughs> there it is. And Pedro Pascal with the fucking cloak of levitation yeah. around his shoulders. And the, the, drip, the absolute and the drip, drip that this Doctor Strange wears. Like, this Doctor I mean, Strange. Yeah. Like, it makes me mad. I was at WonderCon last month, and it makes me mad that I don't see more Ultimate Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. Because this man is absolutely dripping with style. And He's dressed to fuck, dude. Flair. He's dressed to fuck. That's he's what he dressed is. to fuck. I mean, mm -hmm. when you see him in the first appearance, in it, he's dressed to fuck. Dude. Clearly, he <laughs> is. It has been he's for been quite some time. Fuck. Yeah, he's ready. He's good to go. <laughs> he's meditating. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. So this is the last. Uh, this is the last volume of 
Bendis and Bagley together. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about this partnership? Uh, we'll kind of go into it as a whole a little bit later, but how do you feel about this partnership? Where do you see this kind of stacking up as, you know, alongside the best duos in comics? Oh, do you, wait, do you mean like what, um, with this, do you, oh, in, in general of all of comics? Do, do, or do just, you mean just yeah, like just how general, well they work just, together in this overall? Just in general in all of comics. Like where do you think they stack up against like the, the Lee and Kirby's of the world or like the Morrison and Quitely's of the world? Like those kind of top tier always paired with each other duos in comics. I I think they they might be my favorite duo. Really? I I think they might be my favorite. I think they I think they blend and mesh so well together. Um now specifically with this title. Uh I I mean after this they went on for years to do other stuff together, you know. Bagley goes from this to Mighty Avengers uh, and does like a arc in Mighty Avengers, the Venom Bomb arc. Uh because that's a thing. Um, and then, you Less know, they, about they that, the better, do, I think. yeah, for sure. They went <laughs> on to do a bunch of other stuff, you know, together throughout the years. Um, but I think especially with this, they found such an ebb and flow together. They, they really just, you know, red and blue mixed together perfectly, man. Like they're, they are just this gorgeous, gorgeous mix together. I think they really figured out how to, how to interpret each other's actions and words so well. Like I, yeah, I, I think they might be my favorite. It, the only thing I could really, I mean, quietly in Morrison are yeah. pretty good shot. That's, that's the only one that I think Ooh, to come even close. tough to top. Yeah. Because even like Lee and Kirby towards the end, like you can, you can start to see where they're split. Is, yeah. The cracks I think. Are you can, you can sure. start to see where the cracks start pretty early on, honestly. And I mean, they, you know, they have a lengthy run this, the only run beaten by this uh you know like (laughs) as far as longest runs in comics yet longest consecutive runs in comics together but uh yeah i i think that they i think they just work so well together you know jacob what do you think uh this the the in terms of the this overall like run that's been and the way it kind of feels with the other other comics it's kind of it feel uh i'm reminded a lot of like Robert Kirkman and not specifically Corey Walker, but like Ryan, if, Otley. Ryan Otley and Corey Rock com- combined. It's mm, like sure. as if like the beginnings, like the beginning stuff, uh, the early issues and volumes that we had um, with mm. Ultimate Spider-Man kind of reflect a little bit what uh, the early volumes of Invincible was. Mm. Uh, and and it wasn't until that change, change of artists that things started to pick up a little bit more and, and be a little more uh, crazy um, and, uh, and meshed a lot more better. Um, that's what I kind of feel is like the, this, this, this pairing between Bendis and Bagley, they, they, they kind of feel like the Robert Kirkman and Corey Rocker and Ryan Otley to combine a uh, comparison to that, because I got a lot of that invincible vibes when we were getting through these last couple of volumes. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of like moments that felt very much like taking like, Oh, this is, isn't this an invincible? Like a lot of the, you know, Nick <laughs> yeah. Fury very much relating to Cecil Stedman and all that other stuff. Um, it, I was going to say, this also reminds me a little bit of the daredevil run with um, Mark. Oh, uh, Mark uh, Wade and uh, Mark Wade. Chris Somney. 
Yes, Chris yes, Omni yeah, 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 That's yeah. a duo yeah. for me. Yeah, that's a duo for me as well. So they're like, a good duo. So that this this kind of meshed really well, you know, like and um, compared this to Stan and Kirby, you know, like this, like um, yeah, they they had like they had ups and downs and stuff like that, but they were always fluid with what they were doing. This was just a good the 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 ups and downs were more of like trying to figure out where to go and not so much like um difficulties and butting heads or anything like that behind the scenes it felt like very much like they they knew what they're doing but they're just like "Ooh, what can we do i don't know what else are we gonna do we can't necessarily repeat what we're doing yeah spider-man collaboration yeah this is more collaborative than than most duos you get in any kind of comics you know because it's a rarity that's the thing about that it's 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 um uh, to make a, uh, a pro- professional comparison here, it's like it's like working with another actor in a scene that you have you have no idea who they are, but you know about their work or anything like that. And then once you start clicking, you're like, oh, there's that chemistry, um, and that chemistry kind of builds and grows from you doing the scene and working together and finding um, options and stuff like that. That eventually it, it grows to something very beautiful. It's yeah. what um, Jacob wishes happened when we worked together on stuff. <laughs> Yeah. We just never, never got there. We never, clicked. we never, never did. Uh, we never even, we've never been in a show together. We've yeah. never been in a show together once. Yeah. yeah exactly. Guys, I'm filming a, I, I guess, I guess it could be called pornographic. Um, <laughs> you, guys, you guess? <laughs> you guess? It's kind of like a pseudo, pseudo psychosexual, uh, two pseudos. Oh, uh, oh, are you just? A- oh, two pseudos, one two film. Pseudos. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Are it's you just like Basic Instinct, but it's a more basic instinct than Basic Instinct? Oh, okay. I'm into that. We'll we'll talk Very off mic nice. about that later. Yeah, yeah. Is it like? Uh, are you just setting up the scene, or are you part of the scene? Uh, I'm 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 setting up the scene. Okay, um, good. So if you guys want to be the scene, I I have roles for you. I wrote them. I always you. appreciate you giving us opportunities, Malcolm. It really well, means the world. As people will learn with this movie, I'm I'm a giver. Um so ultimate <laughs> Eric, what do you think about uh Bagley and this is uh collaboration together? So here's the thing. Um listeners know I think at this point if you've been following along, this is my first time reading the series. And I never really understood how big the um how big time their collaboration was i heard about it all the time you know whenever i'd mentioned like duos like a like a wade somni a uh snyder capullo those kind of like modern pairings i'd always hear oh and bendis and bagley of course and i'm like I mean, I get it. They were on Spider-Man for a really long time. And it wasn't until I started reading this with you that I I get it now. I get why it's held in such high regard. I get why it's held, you know, up as much as others. Um, I would say, because you're right, you know, after reading Invincible last year, like Kirkman and... I would say Kirkman and Walker paired with Kirkman and Otley. They're kind of a trio for me. Yeah. Um, That's definitely like tough to beat, especially with where they went and how long they were doing it for. But I would say I would put this in a top 10. I would definitely put this in a top 10 pairings and comics. 
Yeah. Um, is your number one Wade Somni? Like, is it that might be. One? I got to think about it because I, I mean, Mark Wade's my boy. My Mark Wade's my top of the top. No, for yeah. sure. And yeah, I agree. I adore Somni's art to death. If you're not yeah. reading Firepower, listener, go read go Firepower. Read Firepower. God Firepower. damn it! it God rules. damn it! It Some, rules. I, I want to give a quick shout to uh, to Dallas over at the Comics Collective. Who? Hell yeah! What up, out, Dallas? What up, Dallas? Who tweeted uh, tweeted out today? If you are interested in reading the story or reading the comic of a married Peter Parker and MJ read mm-hmm. firepower. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yes! Eric, there is specifically a three panel thing in firepower this week that I really want to talk to you about. <laughs> okay. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll read it. And then we'll, we'll, that, we'll talk. After I read that, it specifically gave me Peter and MJ vibes. I was like, shit. So funny. <laughs> okay. I'm going to check it out. Panels I read it out the <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it's they're definitely a a top ten for me because the the amount of work they put in, and I know we talked about it before, like at the beginning of this book club. I do think Bagley's art evolved over the course of these 112 issues. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it changed. Oh, yeah. It changed because when because yeah. we, we when we talked before, I was like, this is not at all what I'm used to seeing with Bagley, like in Spider Man Life Story, and we mm-hmm. kind of chalked it up to, oh, it might be the coloring, might be the inking, but I it definitely think there has too, been a big yeah. change in his art style mm-hmm. from then to now, and I love mm-hmm. seeing that. It's the same thing that I loved about I brought it up just a second ago, the Snyder Capullo pairing. Watching Capullo's journey and how he draws Batman from issue one to issue 50 mm-hmm. is incredible. And that's mm-hmm. something that I love to see on long, on long-term uh, creative teams that we don't see enough anymore mm-hmm. after 12 issues or sometimes even after six, they're just booted <laughs> sometimes off. Sometimes even less than that. <laughs> yeah, if you want to name some names that they sell a book on. And then after two issues, they're gone. Um, mm. It's we're not going to name names because we're good people. And it's it's really fascinating to see how much Bagley's art has changed. And so just for that alone, I would absolutely like put this up as one of the best pairings I've ever seen in comics. It's a legendary run. Like sure. no matter how you feel about, especially no matter how you feel about ba- uh, Bendis. Because yeah. I think pretty universally, like, you know, Bagley is... Bagley is Bagley. You know what I mean? Like he's he's been yeah, everybody loves him. He's been in the biz for thirty plus years at this point. Like you know, like the, the mm-hmm. guy's fine. But mm-hmm. for sure, no matter how you feel about Bendis, you can't ignore it. This is this is a Titanic run. Like this is this is a totally massive right. massive achievement, especially given the time period and the time frame of this. This is a hundred and eleven issues that they did together in mm-hmm. oh geez eight years. Like that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. that's absolutely incredible. Because that's that's way more than one a month. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so you don't I mean see that nowadays. No, yeah. that is that is absolutely a lost thing. That does yeah. not exist anymore. That's dead. And will be for the rest of the time. This is probably the last book that will come out like in that succession and that speed, like ever. Yeah. This is it. With the same creative team carried throughout the with, entire thing. Yes, absolutely. With the same creative Because I think we've seen, I mean, like, 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 we saw, <laughs> yes, and we saw, like, that Titanic Tom King run on Batman, but he had several different artists mm-hmm. throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, d- I don't know if we're ever going to see something like this again. It, it just, it can't happen. 
Yeah. It won't just, that's just not how comics are done now. Yeah. It's just not the business anymore. Which is the sad. same thing with like having, you know, invincible crossover into the Marvel world for a split second because, oh, mm-hmm. hey, um, I'm the writer of this comic and can I have my characters just sh- sh- mm-hmm. show up in the. It's Marvel never going to happen again. It's never going to happen. It's We're never, never going to see my dream. Copyright shit mm-hmm. and all that other stuff would be like thrown into the courts in order to make this book actually happen. Yeah. It makes me sad because you're never going to see Owen Johnson cross paths with Danny Rand and Shang-Chi. Oh, me oh, to my soul. Oh, I have so much so to talk cool. about. That was so also, that Stummy drawing and Iron Fist would be so tight. I need it. God damn So it. <laughs> let's get into this. Read Firepower. Read Firepower is the main point because of this. Because I swear to God, if Firepower gets canceled or if it ends, I will find every motherfucker who didn't read it and burn <laughs> them alive with my own goddamn Firepower. I we're we're going to go straight up uh, Jay and Silent Bob strike back to every single one of you mm-hmm. at the end of that film. Knocking on your door. Right in the nuts. Yeah. Cock right knocker. So... <laughs> Chapter 106. We're getting into volume 18. Let's do this. Woo! Yeah. And I I was I was wrong earlier. I mentioned it was 106 through 10, uh, 112. It is, as Matt said, 106 through 111. So we pick things up and we see our boys, the wrecking crew. Yes. Who I think said part of damage, damage control. control. You're right. You're right. <laughs> they bear a striking non-copyright you know, uh, resemblance <laughs> to the wrecking crew. The idea of making the wrecking crew the damage control is such a good idea. That's it's such hilarious. A, it's so and I wish that they would do that in the regular six one six universe. It's like, sitting I, right I, there. Yeah, they even they even <sighs> had that damage control show like geared up and ready to go. Remember when that was going to be a thing? And then no. DC was also like, "Hey, we're going to do a show based on." Uh, yeah. What happens to superheroes? We're gonna do a cleanup crew for that. And it's like, yeah, I was gonna say, and then remember powerless and how good powerless was. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, the, but just the most blatant tra- and transparent counter programming that you could see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you're gonna put out damage control? Well, we're gonna do it first. So we're gonna have Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're gonna have the last Adam West cameo ever existing. And we're gonna so, have the last go. Adam West cameo. Yeah. You're well, welcome. She's she's really into comics right now, so. Uh, the <laughs> the wrecking crew damage control the wrecking control the damage crew are Dam- damage wreckers damage wreckers are damage doing wreckers. some cleanup in wrecking controls wrecking control I'm gonna control it uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from would um, <laughs> absolutely be a member of the wrecking crew oh my god John C <laughs> Riley yes please oh John C Riley as the wrecker. Book it Book. now. Yes. Uh, Too gonna... late. He was. Uh, I don't oh, care. Yeah, in... I don't Roman care. Debt. I don't care. They've had so many recastings at this point. Just let Who him cares? do other things. Yeah. Or make it. You know what? He's going to be the Multiverse. voice of Wrecker in the uh, Pedro Pascal Doctor Strange Fuck animated yeah. series. Fuck yeah. <laughs> there you go. They are going to be mainstays. Them and the Enforcers. They're not like... even Doctor Strange rogues. And they're going to be in that show. But they make complete sense. Absolutely, they do. So, especially because uh, Fancy Dan doesn't believe in magic, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, so yeah. the the wrecking crew or uh, the damage wreckers are basically fixing up Peter's neighborhood after you know everything happened last week, and 
Peter and MJ are going up to the house because Peter has to get his suit and has to get his things out of the house. I love this moment when, was it Thunderball? Is basically like, hey, babe, to MJ. She's like, I'm 15. And he's like, okay. And he walks away. Yep, and he's like, ew! <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. But uh, Peter's able to get into the house. He gets his stuff. And him and MJ then make their way to the hospital where Aunt May is having her recovery. She's hanging out. She obviously doesn't like the hospital food. So Peter is macking. I love that. I love that he's just sitting there eating the hospital food. That's so funny. He loves him some hospital jello. I get Who it. Who doesn't? I get it. It's actually good. So the, t- the two of them, uh, that being MJ and May, are kind of talking while Peter is uh, chowing down. And then finally they get to the conversation where it's like, okay, we need to, we probably need to talk about this. Because the three of us are, you know, we are in the know about everything. And we're going to need to have a full-length conversation. Uh, however, they are cut off by the news, which states that Spidey Mania is rocking New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a what I'm assuming, and Malcolm, don't even say it. What I'm assuming is a scene from Ultimate Marvel Team Up. Yep. Where Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> and nailed it. is very publicly... Uh, doing battle with the hulk and hulk is persona non grata in new york so everyone's like spidey's a hero here's how you know that this is from ultimate team up what color is the hulk uh the same color as spider-man's webs stop it stop it yes stop it it's supposed to be the color of the hulk he's supposed to be gray you're right (laughs) (laughs) the ultimate hulk is gray but unfortunately, this Hulk is green because which is the color of Spider-Man's webs. They no, you're lying. Uh, because in Ultimate Marvel Team Up, Hulk was green because they hadn't really landed on the Hulk yet. Just kind like how like the Fantastic Spider-Man's Four show up, and it doesn't make any sense that the Fantastic Four show up. Yeah, yeah. Marvel Team Ultimate Up. Marvel just... Team Up is a mess. It sure is. Speaking <laughs> and of a mess, and they keep referring to it. <laughs> Speaking of a mess, the legal stuff that's going around with uh, Spider-Man is uh, caught the eye of one Wilson Fisk, who has, as he does, bought up several companies, one of which including the main operating partner of the old school wrestling, uh, what was it? Uh, CNC Licensing, yeah, which uh, owns the global licensing rights to spider-man mm-hmm. and kingpin who is not a fan of spider-man it's basically like cool we're gonna run this into the ground just like any good corporation this is the perfect plot point the perfect plot point for a new spider-man movie totally agree With yes tom holland totally agree. yes <laughs> post no way home uh, post no way home this it's for the kingpin to start making money off of him this yep. is this is like Land loving Lex Luthor to the nth degree, and I love it. Yes, <laughs> it's so good. It's and be like, all right, put it out everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> Run it into uh, the ground. The West Coast, exactly. my West Coast, <laughs> my West Coast, Australia, Australia. 
if you haven't lately, go go back and watch this. Go Superman watch Superman movies. and Superman Two. They're so great good. movies. And honestly, is an icon. three and four are pretty solid. Three and four are three fine. especially. Like three especially is like way better than people give it credit. It's really it's... hard to get past Richard Pryor in that film because he just he does yeah. nothing for yeah. me. Yeah, but he's you know, committed Lois Lane. Yeah. You do you do get him back at Smallville with uh with uh-huh. Lana slash Martha Martha Kent, uh-huh. which is all kinds of weird when you take into account that she yeah. was also Superman's mom. Yeah, in Smallville. Yeah, great She's for hot. her as an actress and as a fan of Superman. Super weird. She's hot. Super weird. But uh, you're not wrong. And meanwhile, back in New York, uh, Peter decides to take Mary swinging, which was fun. On, on the webs, swinging on yeah. the webs. I want to be clear. <laughs> uh, they are 15. Cue and, the 60s penthouse music. And they are 15. <laughs> and they make their way over to the Baxter building where they have been doing some tests. Specifically, Doctors Storm and Richards have been doing their thing. Reed has once again been aged down from where we saw him last volume. He is now closer to Peter's age from what he looks like. Yeah. Which is yeah. fine. Which is fine. I don't know why that. But... Because in a world where we have four Liz Allens, we can have Reed change his face a couple times. Four Reed Richards. This is He's just the beginning man. of the This is just the beginning He's of stretchy. the coalition yeah. of Reeds, isn't it? This is what the You're the right. The of... Council of Reeds. Yeah, there you go multiverse of madness (laughs) so so (laughs) that that that's that's what i'm gonna think every single time i hear that title now that's the multiverse of madness Madness. (laughs) i like it i'm the multiverse (laughs) what that's me a character multiverse in that movie right (laughs) I'm multiverse and I'm <laughs> mad. <laughs> and I'm, well, I'm just real mad at that Doctor Strange. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal's like, I have never met this man before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the Maximoff, you knock that off. <laughs> I will show you that this is the way. Are we? Are we saying that? <laughs> are we saying that a young Tom Hanks is multiverse? Yep. Oh and my he's god. Mad? Yep, he's mad. The multiverse is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never <laughs> quite know what you're gonna get. What you gonna get? Welcome to What If. <laughs> what If, a podcast within a podcast where we cast things and they will 100% be greenlit within the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week with our enforcers, the series, the show, the game. Tune in next week for that. Hell yeah! And. Pete is returning to the Daily Bugle, which he hasn't been there in a little while because of obvious reasons. And when he goes to see uh, Jonah, who is, of course, arguing with Ben, he gets fired. Pete gets fired on the spot. Again. Again. This is the second time he's been fired. Mm -hmm. And then Pete reveals like, no, no, I my aunt had a heart attack and my house was attacked and I need this job and jameson unfires him once again i love jameson being like your aunt the one who yelled at me that one time (laughs) but then i love how she's like how peter remembers that he's like oh yeah and he goes is she okay is she okay yeah ultimate jameson good dude 
Ultimate Jameson's yeah. a way better dude than six foot six Jameson. Like, holy crap! Yeah, he's like, a really good dude. He hasn't even made an attempt to like build yeah, a machine with right. his face on a TV screen and go yeah, he hasn't Spider-Man. actively he hasn't actively tried to kill Spider Man. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, he's in, just in using Spider Man because it's a media thing. Yeah, in that like, specific realm of uh, qualifications, yes. Mm-hmm. So basically. Uh, Peter is, you know, he's jumped on, more or less, by Ben Yurk, who's like, wait a second, you were there, you know about this attack, hold on a second, we're going to do front page news with this, I want to get your eyewitness report and all this stuff, so Peter's continuing to be valuable, and the I cover love... line of it, what the story is, is yeah. always of like oh yeah it was norman osborne like i love that they've they've really stuck to that cover line of oh yeah norman osborne went crazy again huh i love <laughs> he's, he was like how do you know it was norman osborne he's like uh, he he uh kept yelling out his kept name, yelling out his name. <laughs> it's just i just pictured giant ass ogre green goblin like norman norman osborne, osborne. Man, blowing up a house norman osborne That's i'm right. norman it's osborne me. i'm norman osborne Come and get me, <laughs> Norman, Norman Osborn, Osborn is as, vo- as voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, I went into a little bit of Gilbert Gottfried. A little bit. Into- Rest his soul. <laughs> Rest, Rest his soul. soul, man. Bless his soul. Man. God damn. And the Norman goes. So anyway, I start blasting. <laughs> Spider Man shows up. <laughs> And it's a spider, and he's in there, and then a goblin comes in. <laughs> and then that's when Will Defoe walks in and he goes, It was a fire fight. <laughs> so uh he says, what's also... the name of your act? He says we call ourselves the ultimates. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith is like, so what are we? Some kind of Ultimates. Some kind of ultimates. <laughs> what are you? Some kind of ultimate Spider-Man. Ha <laughs> 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 uh, So Peter's also able to get a. Him in the face. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, Peter's <laughs> able to get a little bit of a raise as well, which is great. Uh, we cut back to the Kingpin, who is doing supervillain auditions, and this guy is just. I mean, look at his armor. Look at his he's Iron Fist. He's Iron Fist. Very clearly. He's iron, Actually, iron he's, man he's fist. Steel Fist. He's Steel he's Fist. Steel, he's the Steel Serpent. Ooh. He's the Steel Serpent is who he is. Ooh. <laughs> and after very quickly being found out, making his escape, he is unfortunately apprehended by Kingpin, who reveals him to be, in fact, Shang-Chi, who had gone undercover to try and get close to Fisk. He is thankfully able to escape out the basically the roof access where he is met up with by daredevil who says right. i'm putting together a team hell yeah individuals hell yeah let's talk about how good bagley draws daredevil he draws God, a damn, damn good daredevil damn bagley daredevil. should do a daredevil run because like daredevil life story daredevil. Oh, give it I, to me jesus Christ. daredevil life story i'd take it i'd kill for it Written by Mark Waite. I would love it. Mm. I would cherish it forever. That's mm. pretty lovely. And so uh, Pete is uh, Pete is overjoyed to find out that Mary Jane has a clean bill of health from the uh, from the Fantastic Four. Basically said, like, look, I know you're dealing with some stuff. 
because Pete outright just outs her for having PTSD. And they're like, look, totally okay. Totally okay. Something you're going to experience. Um, and strangely enough, the thing is like, I have PTSD. Which, again, the ever-loving thing, regardless of what reality he's in, is just the best. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. He's, he was like, and he goes like, you know, last month I thought I saw mole men in our kitchen, but they weren't there. It was just a second. And I just, I like it. I like it a lot. They do, you know, do you know what happens with him in the Ultimate Universe? I have no clue besides the fact that he, because of the Ultimate Universe, most likely dies. No. Oh. No. Um, they, the they, they, uh, there's a whole big, the, the story that actually leads to the reveal of Reed Richards being a bad guy. Nice. Um, it's really good. Uh, it's three, like, four-part miniseries. It's Bendis and Rafa Sandoval together. Okay. Um, on the Ultimate Ooh, Anime Trilogy. Which is, like, really good. But, yeah, they kind of reveal, like, that uh, Ben Grant, like, the Rocky stuff is actually, like, a shell. And there's something underneath. And so, like, he breaks out of it, and he's, like, an energy being. Mm. Like, he's got, like, a really cool, like, energy power thing. But, like, it's a pretty cool reveal of, like, oh, like... The rocky exterior, like that's why it's always breaking apart. You know, that's why he's always like losing a pad or whatever because it's just a shell. And there's something else that's inside. Cool. Which I is like really that. cool. That's that a is really, really cool. cool idea. It's a really cool idea, and and so it totally changes like him. Uh, after that, like, and I mean, Ultimate Ben's always been into Sue, and then after like you know Reed goes crazy, Ben and Sue kind of get together, and then join the Ultimates later on and stuff. It's it's cool. But yeah. Oh yeah, it's pretty neat. It's I a cool it. like ultimate ultimate Ben Grimm. He gets it pretty good. <laughs> I mean Ben Grimm just in general gets it. He's kind of just the best. Yeah, read that the thing mini series. Holy shit, it was so good. Love me some Tom Riley. Oh Tom Riley, yeah, so the good. only person who should draw the thing for the rest of time. So it's like good. him and Chris Love it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love it. Jesus. Uh, so. Peter and Mary head to school after they after Sue recommends seeing a therapist, which again, if you need to see a therapist, yeah, you should see a therapist. Yeah. Mental health is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not as important as a blind lawyer showing up at your high school telling him <laughs> he knows who you are. Matt Murdock, the blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. Um the two of them immediately know who the other is and Wait, could Malcolm could Malcolm read the 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 box that that um the what if box that Matt and that Matt said oh, to yeah, like, yeah. that he says I do know it's like Peter's like I do recognize your voice because he's like trying to figure out who who Matt Murdock is and he's like what could you do the do your best Orpheus uh because <laughs> <laughs> that's all I kept hearing what was tomorrow. what if I called you a baby with no excuse for being in a costume and you should get your immature butt home before you get yourself or more importantly, me killed. Daredevil. So basically uh, Matt Murdock is there to recruit him. He's like, Hey, we're going to be meeting here. 
get in costume. I'll see you there. And he's like, okay, why are we coming together? He's like, oh, we're going to go kill the kingpin. And just walks off. I love that so much. The casual nature of it. He's like, come in costume. He's like, why? He's like, in costume. He's like, it's a good thing. It's like a good thing. He's like, yeah, we're going to kill the kingpin. Eight o'clock. <laughs> I love just, the casual nature of I that. love his face here, too. So we also, the next page, get introduced to another Marvel Knight. That being one Jessica Jones. Oh, my Jessica God. Jessica Jones. I was so excited to see her. She fits in so well with this aesthetic. It oh, makes yeah. sense for Bendis to do this. Yeah. Yes, it sure does. It makes a lot of sense. And she she is very interesting, isn't she? She sure is. Especially <laughs> with the retcon from the 616 that she went to school with Peter and had a crush mm-hmm. on him. Yeah. I love that. So basically, uh, she is Jessica Jones is there because she runs the little newspaper for the school. She's like, we're looking for volunteers. Uh, we're going to turn our newspaper into a TV broadcast. We're going to make it happen. Meanwhile, Peter and MJ are having their normal note conversation, which I, I continue to love. I just, it brings me back. And MJ asks him once again, have you, have you, have you called Kitty? Have you told her that you are no longer dating? Because basically you've ghosted her at this point mm-hmm. i love that mj is showing the responsibility here i mean i mean it, it's yes. the barest it's the barest level and she shouldn't be the one but i do mm-hmm. like that this is clearly like a thing that's important to her well if i was in her shoes i'd be like can you tell her that yeah. you're broken up with her yeah. because we're dating again yeah it's and it kind of fucks with I, it's me easy if you don't. To, yeah, yeah. It, it's easy. It's easy to let that go for for her character to let that go by the wayside. And yeah. I like that that has not been the case. Totally agree. I said, Peter, you're fucking up. What are you doing? Yeah, J- Pete is not. After a stellar last volume, mm-hmm. just not doing his his finest work here. Right. And at least he he knows it. He understands it. Yeah. And I know it's like a day or two later, but like still, come on. Yeah. And that's a day or two, bro. And it just, it makes me mad that, you know, this is the last that we see or hear about Kitty because he just never calls her or talks to her. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just at that moment to kind of derail what we're talking about, uh, the principal comes in and lets the kids know that uh, they're getting a new exchange student, which is fun. The principal basically says, you know what? I know it's going to, you know, spark some debate, some hopefully friendly debate, but who does he introduce into the classroom? The girl who walks through fire. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Her Kitty name Pride. is John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Kitty Pride. <laughs> Kitty Pride. I when I turned the page on this, I was sitting in my reading chair and I. Abs- my cat was sitting next to me asleep and i just went whoa spooked her she jumped off the chair <laughs> oh, no <laughs> this is just the teen soap opera bullshit that you that i should expect but did not expect whatsoever mm-hmm. um and now we know as malcolm said 
it's not the end of Fry's involvement in this book, which I'm very excited about. Also, it's a it's a little thing, and at the same time, a very big thing. I love that she wears her Star of David like proudly. Yeah, it's proudly. always out of her shirt. It's so good, and I, I love, love that so much. That's so fucking with cool. all of so the good. all of the discourse around Jewish representation in another Marvel property right now. Um, hmm. You sh- you should honor the roots of the character. I love general, and be I blatant it. about it. I love that Bendis it. came in and said, "No, I'm making her super Jewish, bro. Like, super <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> the only thing she doesn't she doesn't have the, the the hair that Kate Pride is sporting right now, which which I would mean, be baller. You you can't have everything. I know, I know, I know. You can't have everything. But after after I mean, bless Jerry. Once you it. see it, because after that happened, I was just like, oh, this is how it should be always. Once you see it, Mattia Lolly. <laughs> yeah. uh, Russell Dodderman, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they draw the best Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or Kate Pride, excuse me. And then we come to chapter 107, which has one of the hardest covers I've ever seen in my goddamn life. That this cover, cover goes so hard. That cover yes. bent me over and took me. <laughs> <laughs> this cover honks. It honks hard. It's so good. <laughs> I played with my nipples while I was dying. Oh, man. It's got it's the entire Knight's roster. We're talking Doctor Strange. We're talking Daredevil, Moon Knight, Iron Fist, Shang-Chi, and Spider-Man just lunging forward in the middle. It's perfect, perfection. Really. Yeah. Perfect. Eric, I, I know last time we saw them that you had, uh, uh, I guess, gripes is maybe the best word for uh, the Iron Fist and Shang costumes. How do you feel seeing them all in the lineup together? Oh, they're still garbage. I, but like, I, it's funny because I think they garbage. work better along with everybody else's. They 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 work better in the one sense that they are all color coded. Beyond that, yeah. Beyond the Power Rangers of it all, yeah, it's very Power Rangers. The, the costumes are still garbage. I'm sorry. That might be yeah. why I like it. Shit. <laughs> I mean, you're you're not wrong to like Shit, it for that, that reason. That might actually be it. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> you, You've got you've got a uh, Tommy Oliver Jr. back there as, as the mentor to everyone. Yeah, you've got two Tommies. You got a Jason. <laughs> okay, you you've Nico. clearly no. <laughs> you've clearly got two Jasons because Spider Man is a Jason. If I've ever seen a Jason, he, uh, uh, I want to say Billy that Spider Man is maybe. I guess Spider Man could be a Billy. I, it's got, I, I think he's a TJ from Turbo and in space. That's fair. He, oh, okay. He's a Red Ranger in Turbo, and then he's a Blue Ranger in in space. That's fair. I, mm. I think he's a TJ. Okay, I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. Then yes, just one singular Jason with Iron Fist. And then honestly, if we're going with that, then Daredevil is an Andros. Like, he's a Andros. He's an Andros. And then Doctor Strange is Zane. It's perfect. Yeah. Done. Done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we got it. That was Mighty yeah. Morphin Podcast, a podcast within a podcast <laughs> where we spend entirely too much time fan casting the Marvel Knights as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> if you haven't recently, watch Power Rangers in Space. It's the best series of Power Rangers. It is. Power Rangers in Space really is. In Space, really it's well. so good. And it concludes the story. 
That's the best thing about it. I really do also love Turbo, though. I kind of love how stupid Turbo is. It's the stupidest one, and I love it so much. It's really stupid. But it's Um, so good because it's stupid. Yeah. Still hate Chapter 107. Uh, Yeah, sorry. (laughs) We, We pick back up right where we left off, and look who's immediately smitten by Miss Kitty Pride. Kong. It's our boy Kong. <laughs> okay. This is important. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Good to it, know. Is it? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, there are very important things that are set up here. Very interesting. Throughout this issue, there are very important things that are set up. <laughs> so everyone pretty much knows because, again, Kitty Pride and the X-Men are public figures. So Kitty mm-hmm. Pride coming here is basically like, all right, class. This is your new. Uh, this is your new student joining our high school class. This is Tom Holland. No one question yeah. him or anything. He's yeah. going to sit here and be like a normal student. Like so what? So like you're you're like a movie star. Immediately like, so flash. You like just the movie the star flips. Like <laughs> do a flip right now. Do a flip you're for right. all of us. He's literally Zach Cherry. Be like do a flip. <laughs> do a flip. Yeah. Uh. Flash Thompson also going to show up in our Pedro Pascal Doctor Strange. (laughs) (laughs) And so everyone's like, oh, show us your power, show us your power. So Kitty does a cheap little like phases her hand through her book. And everyone is impressed except Liz Four. Liz (laughs) Quattro is not excited about this all at all. And she's like, you think you're so much better. You think you're superior. Like, and I love... I absolutely love the verbiage that Kitty uses to try and dissolve the situation where she's just like, you know, I didn't where Liz basically says you're superior and everything. And she's like, well, I didn't say that or even hint at it. I'm sure there are tons of things you can do that I can't. I'm not very good at math. Maybe you are. And Liz says, I'm not. She's like, okay, so we're equals like just Oh, that is some verbal judo that she does. Yeah. This is clearly from a place where Bendis has had this conversation. You think so? I I, I think so. I think so. Uh, uh, A little backstory for Bendis. Uh, Bendis has a large family. Um, uh, Most of his kids, I think all but one or two of them are adopted from very different places. Uh, one of his oh. kids is adopted from Africa, uh, oh so on and so forth. Uh, so I think that this is a conversation that he has either had in his life as a Jewish man or a conversation that he's had like with his kids or something like that. But this, this feels so personal, just as a conversation, just as a take on it. It feels so personal. But I think it, it, if it's not something that he's had, it comes very powerfully from the heart. Like beautifully, I think that is such a beautiful, elegant, like conversation and just like way around that of oh, here's a person who wants to diffuse the situation. Yeah, I, I think that's so elegantly done. Yeah, totally agree. And so, <coughs> Jessica Jones also is just in the background, like snapping pictures, which is just the most reporter thing that you could see on her flip camera phone, on her baby. Flip that is absolutely a Motorola. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a Motorola. Look at that thing. Sure it looks like is. a mouse. <laughs> like she's just holding two mouses together. Yes. Mm-hmm. On top and of each other. She brings up, she's like, oh, you're you're dating Spider-Man. And K- 
Kitty, every I love how the tension just builds in the room all of a sudden. And Kitty's like, no, we're not dating. I don't, I'm not dating him. And Kong is immediately like, oh, so you're single. Good to know. Yeah. What's up? Kong's over here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's about to throw it. I think this timeline matches up. He's about to throw on some Chris Brown yo. <laughs> he wants to say oh yo. God. He wants to say yo, unfortunately. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. And so uh, basically Jessica Jones forces Kitty to more or less have a panic attack. And she just phases right out of that situation. She nopes incredibly hard out of that room through the wall into the hallway everyone's like oh shit and she just goes giving us our uh, our first peter parker special of the volume mm-hmm. Never, mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. classic straight down the hallway mm-hmm. and so everyone is just like oh you know you gotta calm down all that stuff there's an interesting little exchange here where kong mentions to flash he's like you don't even like girls which i thought Maybe it's a high school bullying, you know, whatever, an insult tactic. Maybe it's the most interesting development for Flash Thompson since Agent Venom. Maybe it's also yeah. a pretty unsure way for uh, Kong to out his friend. Not, yeah. Absolutely. That is 100% correct. <laughs> I, yeah. I, like, there's, there's a lot of interesting and a lot of bad there. Any way you paint it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, you are not wrong at all. We like, went- I'm a Kong guy. I <laughs> love Kong. That's pretty unchill. Yeah, <laughs> we, we just witnessed like a Love Simon kind of scenario right then and there. It, and that is just, exactly what it reminds Love yeah. Simon with Flash Thompson. Listen, yes. Yeah. 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 That's uh, not great. Not a good look for Kong. No. No. Not no, a good not look for Kong. But we do get a nice little hint again towards some Jessica Jones, Peter Parker shenanigans when she takes a photo of him without his consent on her Samsung phone. Samsung. <laughs> Samsung. That's how his face looks. He looks Samsung. He does. That's anytime someone's sad now, they're Samsung. The Samsung. Samsung. <laughs> TM trademarked Geekswing Book Club 2022. Uh, I do love that the uh, the is it the teacher? This is the I teacher. Think so. Yeah. Who's just like like this is enough, like you guys calm down like this poor girl was nothing but nice to you and what did you do to her? What did you do? You made her feel cheap and a freak and unloved. Like I I love that yeah. the teacher immediately like hey. What you just did was super unfucking cool. Like I, I like that a lot. That's nice. In a very xenophobic world of the ultimate universe, it's nice that there's at least like one or two people who are on their side. We love compassion in our educators. Mm-hmm. And so we cut to what I'm assuming is lunchtime or after school or at some point. And Peter and MJ go to their usual spot only to find one kitty pride. Sam sunk sitting on the bleachers. She's not our spot. <laughs> yeah, I love that. He's like, well, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he, 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 we get our first oi, oi of the volume. Oi, I'll go talk to her. And oi of the volume. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> oi, <Oy. laughs> scavetching. 
Nah. It's funny because in his little rant, you can hear the voice. Yes, absolutely. You can hear the, oh, and the wedgies. You should have seen her eyes light up when I told her about the glorious wedgies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you can you can hear the voice, and that's so funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Peter finally does what he should have done a while back and goes and talks to Kitty. And Kitty is rightfully pretty upset with him. Basically shooting at him like, oh, now you'd like to talk. Great. And yeah, I just, it, Peter was going to break up with her over the phone. Like, mm. bad look, Pete. Bad look. Not good at all. And so. Yeah, he should have sent a text like everyone else. Boo! <laughs> Boo this man. Yeah. Boo. That was a, toxic that was a, toxic a long thing. paragraph and you're good. That was a toxic take. Incredibly toxic take. And so... Don't do that, by the way, listeners. Yeah, don't do that. Just don't do that. <laughs> by the way, don't do it. If you're going to do that, you that need to look at yourself. Honest with you. Look at yourself. Look at your choices. Mm-hmm. Fix it. Yeah. Fix it. And so Kitty tells him everything from her perspective last volume. And rightfully so, she says, are you feeling bad now? And he goes, Yes. As he should, because he did a dick thing. And she basically tells him how she wanted Xavier to mind wipe her. His aunt, he's like, no, it's cool. And they, you know, it does reveal that they just, they weren't on the same page. And yeah, it's, it's a, as we've said before, it's a great conversation and it's very honest mm-hmm. because neither of them are pulling punches and neither of them are really in the wrong about all this peter is absolutely in the wrong about his how he treatment of it. it yeah but it's hard to find uh it's hard f- to look at either of these people as like the villain of this conversation that's the thing they both knew the score right. you know i mean we learned in the last volume they both knew the score yeah they both knew what was going on but Peter also like has this moment where he's just like, you know, I almost lost her for real, for real, for real. And I realized that I made a huge mistake. And Kitty just jumps and she's like, oh, I hope I'm the big mistake. Can I be the big mistake? I, Kitty Pride rules. And I like Peter doesn't deserve her. on Peter there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I almost lost her for real. For like, real, for real. It's still like, the mid-2000s, Malcolm. We all talked like that. You just yeah. automatically Dave Franco'd him. Like, <laughs> like I, that's an I, interesting I, choice. I can't do Dave Franco justice like you can. I was, <laughs> I can't. He's just he's just pleading with poor Kitty going like, I was going to go to Berkeley. <laughs> Yo, girl, like, I was going to go to Berkeley. <laughs> but then I realized I made a huge mistake. I made a huge mistake. By being in, yeah. now you see me too. It was bad. Whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> Kitty, just like Malcolm, gets really offended and phases through the bleachers to get out of this conversation, like I am. And <laughs> we get a quick cut for uh mj that that clean bill of health might not be 100 percent in the clear uh i'm worried i'm just gonna put this out there yeah she's getting I'm the concerned i don't want this i don't want red wedding to go back i don't need it same I, I don't need it 
I was really hoping we were done with this. I, if memory serves, we are. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. If Malcolm is a serves, liar and a deceiver. No, I. I, I <laughs> Malcolm is a great spend deceiver. Eternity on this boat, <laughs> and you shall spend an eternity on this boat. <laughs> uh, Pete has one of his famous monologues, his inner monologues, as he's watching over Aunt May. And then he makes his way to the meeting spot where he finds our ultimate knights. It's so great to see them. I love seeing them all together. I love, and I love this too. They're all, you know, having their chat and still Peter is uh, doing his inner monologue and he's like, you know, my best friend in quotations, Daredevil. What a load that guy is. I bet he's lying about having those super senses. He doesn't even have, and Daredevil turns around and motions to him. None of them saw him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, he has super senses. It's tight. I love, I love Peter's read on all of them. Yeah. Like that as Dr. Strange, magician guys on TV more than he sleeps. Iron True. fist. Don't know anything about him other than, you know, his iron fists. And he hangs out with Shang-Chi. Master of Kung Fu. That guy's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. You know, and there's a Moon Knight who I'm pretty sure is genuinely crazy. And I'm not just making that presumption based on the costume. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent reads and true reads on all of them as well. True reads. And their ultimate counterparts. Uh, it's interesting that this panel, this panel of Moon Knight's face up close, looks like TV Moon Knight. He looks like yeah, he has 100% he does. And I hate it. Uh, so... <laughs> So Spidey hops down. Everybody's like, oh, shit, Spider-Man's here. Let's do this. And Daredevil is pretty sure, like, hey, he's on board. Look, we're going to go kill the Kingpin. Spider-Man is decidedly not on board. And he's like, look, guys, we're supposed to be heroes. We're supposed to represent something. And he is able to more or less convince them, okay, we're going to figure this out. We are going to, you know, take the step by step and we'll kind of, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. And Shang-Chi, you know, had that idea of infiltrating his, you know, infiltrating Kingpin's trust, being, you know, posing it in a disguise as one of his hitmen and then getting close to him so he can, you know, get to Fisk. And everyone is kind of like, okay, let's figure this out. He knows pretty much all of us, except... For Moon Knight. He doesn't really know Moon Knight. And so they're like, okay, we're going to do this. And from that moment that Moon Knight says, yeah, I'll just create a new identity. I was like, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Moon Knight is eternally the cop in the movie who is undercover and goes too far undercover. Hardcore. Oh. 100%. Who's like so been it's... undercover in narcotics ring for like five years, but it takes Moon Knight 13 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so super cool in like a split second. He, he is extreme. 100%. Super cool. like, <laughs> and goes training day real fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> and so we then cut to Iron Fist, who is basically telling someone about the meeting they just had and the plan recanting it word for word. Yeah, makes me sad because we find out that the person he's talking to, Wilson Fisk, <sighs> bringing us and to Rex. Have we pointed out Rex here? We haven't talked. To, we haven't talked about Rex here. 
Uh, about, how, Rex, about how Rex is there? Rex, how, after getting his absolute ass handed to him during the Robot Wars, uh, <laughs> has retreated into the Ultimate Universe and is now the right-hand man of the Kingpin. It's, Mr. Rose. It's, it's <laughs> the Rose, yeah. It's yeah. Mr. Rose, which yeah. is an interesting yeah. ultimateification. But, uh, yeah. I just think Rex. he looks just like Rex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rex Robot. Rex Robot. So we jump into chapter 108 and from here i was like wait what is that costume because that costume looks kind of familiar to me uh-huh as we come to find out we're gonna get right to it uh fisk is visiting vanessa which for me i need to address something Vanessa, <laughs> we established that him and vanessa were a thing then we also established and he the and Gene Duel for a thing, which made yeah. me think, oh, maybe Vanessa's dead. Vanessa's still here. Kingpin yeah. full on was cheating on Vanessa. Yeah. And that yeah. that circle doesn't square for me. Does that embarrass you? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I don't get it. It doesn't so no, make sense to I'm me. I'm not here to threaten you. I'm here to kill you. <laughs> I think uh, that... That impression is so good. <laughs> I've been watching Daredevil. I literally have Daredevil season two on right now. <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't like I, it. I feel the same way because like, you know, uh, I think he was just getting his jollies off because of the fact that his wife is in such a crippling state. And, um, and you know, as much as he's devoted to the to her, I feel like I don't know. Maybe maybe he got a little too close uh, with Gene DeWolf. Like he needed somebody in the inside for for it to be the police thing. He might their relationship probably got a little more too close than he's Superco. Yeah, yeah, Superco. he's Superco. But uh, I I I don't know. I though that's how I've kind of like simplified it in my mind. Was just just like oh. Uh, yeah, you're still you're still a terrible person. Yeah, uh, it's gross. Like, it's a problem. I get. Yeah. yeah, I can see. It's not just gross. You it's have feelings. Sense for his terrible. character. Yeah, is the thing. Like, I don't ever see Kingpin like doing something like this, like yeah. just cheating on Vanessa while she's not only alive but still in a coma. This is it's Ultimate just... Kingpin. Also, to be fair, we don't know the extent of their relationship. They were obviously sleeping together. No, 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 no. I mean him and Vanessa. Vanessa? Oh. They might not have a monogamous relationship. Do you know what? We shouldn't You're infer. Absolutely correct. Yeah. They might absolutely be correct. correct. We shouldn't infer. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> and so we cut over to uh, the inside of Moon Knight's mind with three of his uh, alters. And they are all discussing this. They're like, I don't, the little redheaded girl is just like me. Like, I don't know about this, guys. This sounds like it could be a problem. And they basically decide alongside this, like, no, it's giant, fine. <laughs> this giant, terrifying Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, which, again, disproves that she's the Moon Knight altar. Yes, this is true. She is not the Moon Knight. I don't know who she is. Um, they basically I, decide. I, you know, I finished. I finished Moon Knight today. Um, like I finally finished like all six episodes, and nice. I started thinking. I started thinking there is a little uh, spoilers. 
Spoilers for, for Moon Knight. For spoilers for New Moon Knight really quick right uh, now. If you haven't watched it yet, let's say jump ahead three minutes. Uh, okay, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Starting right now. Uh, the little girl I thought was, well, after seeing that episode, I was just like, after seeing the series, I was just like, oh, so this little girl is probably like like the the little boy in that show that that was in the asylum episode and uh it was just like maybe this this little this was a child that he failed to save or maybe like this well, was the little a boy sister. was young at him yes exactly and mm. i just thought how funny would it be it's like he was a little girl back in another life uh, no <laughs> yeah, the, the little boy in the asylum was his brother because it was right. all the people no. that he didn't save right wasn't yes. it? Because that room was all the people that he didn't save that he let I, die. I have to watch it yeah. again. And so thought, that's why they're all zombies. The and then there's the little kid in there. And yeah. I thought that was his little brother. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, okay. I thought this this little girl You're was like his sister right. that he failed to save. And, like, he created an alternate I mean, maybe. It's possible, for sure. You know. I, Honestly, I, I like Eric's hypothetical read of maybe this is a trans character. I yeah. think it'd be cool. I think, I think that'd cool. be really cool. It's Especially Jeff. now that we have Jessica. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we pan out and it was at this moment. It's a cool ass pan out. <laughs> it's a Sam Raimi-esque fucking pan. Because they're all like, yeah. okay, look, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're like, he's going to be a killer. And we are, we should probably be worried about this, but... I don't like this. And as it's panning out, it's like, okay, what's the killer's name going to be? It pans out to that figure that's on the cover. And it asks, what's your name, killer? And he says, Ronan. And then it all clicked for me. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Hell fucking yes. The coolest Ronan costume. Yes. This is that costume yes. is, that is my best yes. dress for the week. That's your fashion icon. I That's my it. fashion yeah. icon of the week. I, that costume is so tight, dude. Like it's, it's real, so cool. It's very tight. I'll back that up. It's very every, tight. You can see every crevice and every muscle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, he's basically he's at another audition where he's basically like, "Okay, prove yourself," says the Fisk Man, and so Rhoda just goes ahead and starts beating the shit out of all of the guards. And he's like, okay, cool. What's next? He's like, uh, that's not what I meant. And he just he's like, sorry. And he's just standing around on <laughs> his bodies. <laughs> and Kingpin tasks him with going after Spider-Man. So we then cut to Mary Jane, who has taken up Jessica Jones' offer to real quick. I'm real, yeah, yeah, real there, quick. We do need to go back to something here. Yeah, there is because there is important information. Yeah. There is some important information that really like got to me too. And Malcolm, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, Fisk asks, well, how did Mr. Ronan check out here? And the Rose says, oh yeah, it's all here. Mark Spector, ex-Navy SEAL, Gulf War super soldier experiment gone wrong. He worked for Roxxon under the name Paladin till Roxxon fell apart. He checked. So Moon Knight, is another failed super soldier. Just like much of the Ultimate Universe. Just like much of the Ultimate Universe. And that's really interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Really, really interesting. Because it, while it doesn't specifically say anything, it does kind of give answers for stuff. I that totally is. forgot about that line of that. Like, that is 
just tucked away there. Yeah, he's both but, a failed super soldier experiment and a war veteran. Like, of course he's a, of course he's messed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It all makes Paladin a lot too. of sense. Yeah, the fact that he's paladin as well was just like, okay, that's the thing. But like, is that actually real or was that fabricated? Because I'm yes. really curious about that. But if he was actually paladin as well, that's really interesting. Yeah. Was he another identity? That's another thing. Is like, was that another identity that he uh, like probably mm-hmm. came up with? And what happened to that identity? Anyway. <laughs> uh, so we then cut to Mary Jane doing her uh, her on the uh, on the street reporting for the uh, what is the newspaper? I don't remember the name of it. But she's basically like Spider Man supposed to. Well, yeah, but the school newspaper. Yeah. What is the, oh, the Midtown okay. High School News Channel Project? There we go. There go. And so she's basically like, "Look, Spider Man is here. He's either a student or he goes here, or he, he's a student or he works here. That's that's the prevailing theory." And she goes around. She interviews uh, Flash Thompson. She interviews one Principal Suntrez. Shout out, uh huh, from Word mm-hmm. Balloon. Uh huh. That's that's the dream. Once I see my name in a comic book, like even is I wanted a passing character, like then I'll know. I think it, every time I see either like a principal centrist or like there's been like a couple different agent loikas, yeah. and I'm just like, God, that's the dream. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Be immortalized like the to have Chris draw me <laughs> as a shield agent in the background. Immortalize uh, the three of us as enforcers wannabes. Oh my god. Oh my god. The new forcers. The new forcers. But it's <laughs> and you, the new forcers. The new forcers? Yeah. Or the extreme forcers. Oh, uncanny enforcers. X-forcers? X-forcers. <laughs> Someone, I'm going to commission this at some point. (laughs) As the enforcers, and it would be yeah. I mean, that would be funny. Malcolm Zox. We would be we would be the perfect enforcers. Absolutely, we would. Malcolm Zox. I'm Fancy Dan. Jacobs Montana. Montana. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like that's 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 exactly our vibe. And for (laughs) listeners who may never have seen Jacobs face before, he grows a sick mustache. Just so everyone knows. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so, that's that's actually what I call my mustache. Beauty so, and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> one side is beauty, the other side is the Beast. beast yes, exactly. Yeah, his grooming habits are really strange. One... So, uh, <laughs> it's Sundress not even. That's why. Actually mentions, like, in this interview, how he's like, if he's a student that goes here, like, keep up the good work, man. You're crushing it. He is the good version of the teachers from No Way Home, where they're like, "This school like raises heroes or whatever." Like he's the good version of it, where he's just like, "No, it's not played for laughs. It's not played for laughs. It's played for like genuine authenticity." He's like, "No, like I'm proud. I'm super proud. If it's a student or someone who works here, I'm proud that they're doing what they're doing. Like they're doing the right thing. That's awesome. Like that's so cool." Yeah. So we see that this report was completely self-recorded and self-edited by Mary Jane, and she has brought it to the people that uh, Jessica was advocating for, I guess. And so she, they bring her on the team. And it's Jessica Jones is paper. Yeah. not pleased. No. Jessica Jones is not pleased by Mary Jane being brought into this. 
It felt uh, really like Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, because Jessica Jones was like, you did all this in a day? And, uh, and Mary Jane was is, like, well, it- <laughs> that is a Reed Richards <laughs> level of reaching. <laughs> like, really? That I, I am going to just have to give you off of the absolute confidence you had in making that reach. That was, I will that always was, make a Carol Marcus reference. <laughs> I love me some Carol Marcus, baby. Deep cut right there. <laughs> My goodness. So the day continues. Um, more mutant phobia by Liz Four. And at that exact moment, we see outside a shady looking man named Mark Spector is getting into a bus. Yep. He gets into this bus. Just- Pulls on the costume. (laughs) I love this panel of him just sitting behind the wheel, pulling his mask on. Yes. It's incredible. It's iconic. That is an iconic panel. (laughs) I, this Uh, is one of my favorite panels I've ever seen of this entire series. It's so good. Uh, This is, if it would have worked, this was going to be my background for, for this game yeah. this week. This, this is absolutely week. background worthy. It's so good. I couldn't stop it's, laughing it's at this like image. <laughs> it's just like nobody saw him. No, Nobody's seen the school bus driver pull even on a school bus cop. driver wasn't even on He's there. not even the, the school bus driver. He's getting, he's a stranger getting on this bus. Mm-hmm. Like how? It's so good. It's so funny. The only thing that it needed was like he shouldn't have hotwired the car. He should have just seen the keys in there already ready. That's that's what I think. It should have been more set up for him to just like take this take this uh, school bus pretty much. He changes clothes on the bus after he's changed after he's turned it on. <laughs> yeah, he takes time. He's like, all right, that's hotwired. Let's go. He's at his hotwired. Let's go ahead. Yeah, let's go ahead and change. What if that thing like ran out what? of gas right before he like in mid like pants and stuff? Like, just oh. does Roman look like a man who plans? No, he looks like he's crazy town banana pants because he's nuts. He's nuts. <laughs> so, so he does what any sane person would do and drives the bus into the school. I love this, man. I love this so much. The sequence um, is sick. We see yeah. Ronan just pop in there with his little stick and a machine gun. And he's like, Uzi. Spider-Man, I'd like a word. And I just, I love it. I love it. It's so dumb. It's tight. It's pretty sick, man. Yeah. And the other alters are like pleading with this new Ronin to be like, please stop this. You're hurting people. And Ronin is like, nah, dude, I'm going to keep, I'm going to shoot at kids if I need to. And (laughs) Kitty immediately like goes after him. He can't shoot her because she's a mutant and Mm -hmm. battles against him as the sprinkler system is going at one point. she, She is going to like, she's kicking his ass too yeah she's like doing really well as she puts it i mean she could phase through solid objects she could phase in and out he can't hurt her and she was trained by wolverine (laughs) that's all the resume you need yeah that's it that's a full ass cv that's tight and so ronan blasts her in the face with a fire extinguisher then hits her with that fire extinguisher in the face with a that's a katan a katan katana Katana? In here? 
This is Batman? Katana. She's got my back. She's got my back. <laughs> I'd advise not getting killed by her. Her, her, soul, sword. her sword traps the soul of its victims. <laughs> One of the best line readings I've that. ever heard. And it's still so funny. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's one of the worst line reads in it's history. So terrible. It's one of the best. Yeah. You're out of your mind. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> She's got my bat. <laughs> it's right up there with your, your uncle died. Or like, or like, uh, or like from Aquaman. You mean they killed her? You mean they because of me? <laughs> It's so good. Oh my god. Oh god. I totally forgot about the Aquaman one. That's so funny. Did you kill me? Oh, so <laughs> So Spider-Man finally gets in there, gives him a nice crack across the jaw. He's kicking the shit out of him. Webs him up as Moon Knight does battle with Ronin on the mindscape mm -hmm. um with the little girl in the background just like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that too oh yeah. that's a great one too just her in the background that's yeah. so good with all of it because it's her them. and mark in the background just like yeah, yeah. she's striking the stone cold steve austin pose yeah she's got she's got two <laughs> like, give me a hell yeah she's got two <laughs> Awesome. I love it. And that's the bottom line because the little redheaded girl said so. Uh -huh. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, Spidey continues to battle against Ronan. Ronan overpowers Moon Knight on the Mindscape, uh, grabs a chain, and is choking the shit out of him as he beats the shit out of Spider Man in the real world. And this Ronan has taken full control. This Ronan is in control and he is the man i love that in the mindscape he becomes like massive like he becomes a giant yeah. at that point yeah it's very it's without terrible. having a conchu they play with the idea of conchu interestingly because that's yeah. very like conchu imagery totally uh, agree it's also very much like um what was it uh doom patrol with um uh jane she, she yes. yes in their mindscape yes. daddy yeah she, yeah in her mindscape like some personalities have like become like this too so it's very yeah it's very cool very, so very cool. ronan takes spider-man's unconscious body and web swings that's yeah. another iconic panel just him that's swinging tight. off with spider-man's unconscious body under his arm yeah incredible uh so Ronan brings Spidey to Kingpin, which brings us to chapter 109. I love I love that bit of him holding him out by the neck. Yep. To the Kingpin is like, next. Like yeah. <laughs> this this story arc plays out very much as far as like its act breaks and stuff and like introductions and stuff. Feels a lot like episodes of Batman Beyond. Totally agree. Where, because like the the Ronin like when you first meet Ronin, yep. the zoom out of the eye and it's like what's the killer's name and then like yeah. you get this so what's your name killer like that feels uh -oh. very Batman Beyond oh and then God, this I feels like writing so like in right into a commercial break for Batman Beyond. That's yeah. next, yeah. and then you see the Kingpin's face and you hear do 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 do, and then it goes to black. Like it, it yeah. feels very much like episodes of Batman Beyond, which Actually, is really you'll cool. find it's more like chung chung chung. 
<laughs> specifically you're right uh i've watched too much of that show that's like chasing music that's what uh, uh yeah yeah that's actually uh during episode one in rebirth when yeah he's being chased by the jokers on the motorcycles yeah. Mm-hmm. uh yeah so Matt Murdoch. And, uh, yeah absolutely uh so matt murdoch's <laughs> in a case he uh he finds out about spider-man being taken and i love that peter of course he's unmasked because that's what happens every single time he comes into contact with kingpin and kingpin's got a little he's got a little spidey doll he's got a little spidey action figure mm-hmm. uh, very clearly the toy biz era because the articulation on that looks garbage uh-huh yeah. that is a toy biz figure garbage. Yeah. that is a toy biz figure that is specifically ages four and under Marvel yes. Legends has come a long way yeah. since this. Oh yeah. Speaking of coming a long way, look at the absolute muscle mass on Kingpin going yeah. full Tony Soprano. This was very close for my fashion icon of the week. This, this is hot. my fashion icon of the week. <laughs> this is hot. <laughs> this is Fenders. Come on. Yeah. The tank top. Yeah. It's very That's good. the one. This it's is, I don't understand. Suspenders. It's the tank top with suspenders. I don't yeah. know why we haven't seen D'Onofrio wearing this. Yeah, we got, to. we got Michael Clark Duncan in this when he was fighting the, yeah, that's so true. When he's fighting there, oh. when he does the, the blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. like when he does, yeah, that's what he's wearing. And it looks badass. Leave so us. Cool. You wouldn't understand. And he just like starts taking oh, off his I just had a chill to go down my spine. I'm watching that. <laughs> oh my god! god damn it! I need to rewatch on. that. Movie. Oh, <sighs> man. oh man! Oh man! movie hogs. It's so good. It's yeah, so good. it's perfect. <laughs> oh my god! R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good Rest lord. That might still be my favorite performance of his. I think he's so unbelievably good as the Kingpin. Same. Absolutely. Because he's terrifying. terrifying. still very clearly the Scorpion King, but we can agree to disagree. I mean, it's him doing Thulsa Doom, so like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's also Green Mile, but, you know, who cares about that dramatic shit? Oh, anyway. who cares about the dramatic <laughs> Nah, bro. It's all about Scorpion Kings nah, and it's, Daredevil. It's Bear from, uh, and, from Armageddon. And Armageddon, oh, yes. Right. I'm quite right. Quite right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was yeah. I thinking? <laughs> so uh, Kingpin lays out the whole plan of like, yeah, I ran your name into the ground. Like, I've got your merchandising. Everyone's going to know, like, that you're a corporate shell. And uh, that's how I'm going to destroy you. And just then, Kingpin wallops Ronan. Like, absolutely breaks his face. And then proceeds it. to beat the holy hell out of him. This is very, I have a feeling that this is really where they took D'Onofrio's performance from. For sure. Is this issue specifically. Because it's the, it's, it's the, it's the very calm, very collected conversation leading into like the, so I want you to go back to your little gang of vigilante knights, all of them. And I want you to tell them to cut it out. And then just absolutely walloping Listen. and yelling and like, rah, rah. like it's it's yeah. very much what D'Onofrio does as Kingpin, hundred percent. And then he throws in the lie, the one that shakes the group, saying that Daredevil was the one that set them up. 
that gave their plan away. And he says, he's my lawyer. He has been for years. And he's basically like, I sent him to screw with you guys. And he has successfully done that. You stop being Spider-Man. And I'm just going to hire somebody else to be Spider-Man. I own you forever and ever. And just just then we cut to Daredevil himself crashing through the window of Kingpin's office, tracking uh, where they might have gone. Makes a quick call to the uh, Sanctum Sanctorum where your boy... Woo! Hey! hey uh, th- this is Game hey, of Thrones Pedro Pascal. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hundred you see him meditating? Like <laughs> Oberon. This is this is 100% Oberon. Like <laughs> Oh. Yeah. So oh, good. Nipple ring Wong uh, here just uh disappointing yeah. we don't see the nipple ring. Yeah. Very disappointing. It's a little Very sad. Yeah, you're right. Like but he knows. He was like, oh, I was just about to join in. What do you need? (laughs) Fuck, you have a call. Comes out from the corner. Oh, God. (laughs) And so Doctor Strange uh, cuts his canoodling short, heads over to Daredevil. And the two of them track down what exactly happened. They break into this room where Spider-Man was being brutally beaten. Uh, they're, they're doing this really cool, like, one of the things that I loved about Arkham Origins was the uh, was the detective tool. Detective. Where basically yeah. you VR through a crime scene and you project it. Mm-hmm. Dr. Strange is basically doing that with his powers. Dope as hell. It's yes. cool, yeah. It's him, uh, to use an X-Men parlance, uh, it's him doing the chrono skimming. Yes, uh, 100%. That Rachel Gray does. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's cool. Yes. Uh, this is also like uh, like the conversation them leading up to this is actually really funny too. But uh, the, this image of them where their two heads are off into the scene in that panel and they're watching the scene with uh, Kingpin and uh, and uh, Spider-Man on the desk and everything like that. The, that, there is a, it feels very steep go. It's very it Steve Ditko, Doctor Strange, very much, and I, I, oh, yeah. why I, I was I was torn between uh, Ronan pulling his mask and this image, just because it's so Steve Ditko and it's so cool, yeah, and uh, and such an homage to like Stephen, uh, like that Stephen is Strange. Very cool. It's also yeah. hilarious because he's because he's going like there, there what? See, he was here. He, you're oh, right. Oh yeah, he was laying on his desk. See. Uh, no, you can't see this. No, why not? You can smell sprinkler water, but you can't can't see. see. (laughs) And Daredevil deflects. He's like, what do you see? (laughs) Yeah. Classic Daredevil move. Yep. That's baller as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Lead the witness without leading the witness. witness. I love it. And so aside, that was one of my favorite moments from Hawkeye Freefall. When Hawkeye, oh my god, when he's in front of him, <laughs> he's like, "Oh no!" Because Daredevil's there, and he's like, "Look, Hawkeye, I need your help." And he's like, "Wait, wait, can he not see? 
can he not see me? <laughs> and was just like standing there looking straight at him. And he starts like waving his hand in front of his face. And he goes, stop doing that. I was like, oh no, he can see, he can see me. And he just like moves on like, oh, so good. <laughs> I love that. That is one of the best gags. Like, that series cool. is a treasure. It's perfect. So and good. it's unfair that we haven't gotten any resolution to that. Totally agree. Because again, it ends on a very, very big note. So good. So good. Uh, and we haven't really seen Hawkeye since. And then he's just going to be in the Thunderbolts book. Like everything's fine. He's going to tell me everything's fine. It's fine. I'm not worried about it. I'm just really mad. Justice for Matt Rosenberg. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, hashtag. That's a good hashtag. You should, you should what? Uh, I had a conversation with him a couple months ago. Um, and I, I, should, what? I should email him and ask him. Do it. What he was do, do it. Do it. Do it. I should. I should do. That. Do in it. The, uh, in the in the season of our of our Lord May the Fourth. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Just don't misconstrue it. Or else you'll think <laughs> I blew it. And so stop. the the <laughs> meeting that night between Daredevil, Shang-Chi, Iron Fist, and Doctor Strange does not go well because Spider-Man shows up and he's like, you piece of shit, how do you sleep at night? And he's just like wailing on Daredevil. <laughs> I love it. Because he believes that he betrayed them. He catches his billy club, snaps it in half, and starts waving in his face. Yeah. <laughs> it's so All cool. Of the, the rest of them like come to Daredevil's defense, and Daredevil takes his mask off, revealing his identity, more or less. He's very pretty. He's I mean, Matt Murdoch. Badly draws pretty. a pretty Matt Murdoch. Like Matt Murdoch's pretty. That's yeah. True. As he should be. And so Spider-Man is like, look. You sold us out. This is bullshit. I'm out of here. He's like, fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool to Shang-Chi. I'm out. <laughs> Goes to leave. And Daredevil's like, no, no, no. I don't. I didn't betray you guys. My name is Matt Murdock. Like, he told you my name is Matt Murdock or you told him. This is important. This is important. That's awesome. Bendis as fuck. Yeah. By the way, like I this this whole conversation is very Bendisy. Really, in really a good. Really good way. <laughs> and speaking of uh, Bendis mainstays, Matt's lawyer practice blows up. Uh huh. Yeah. Right across the street, and he's basically like, "Yeah, that was my law office. You know, there's no one there, which is great." But uh, look, burn. He wants me to go down there. And he wants us all to run around with our head, like chickens with our heads cut off. Like, we need to take down Kingpin. Period. They give him the movie origin, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, he killed my father. I don't know if y'all can relate to this at all, but this man and his rise to power killed my father because he wouldn't throw a boxing match. He killed my father. I, I brought you here to help us climb a mountain that we as individuals cannot climb. I want before I die to have done one thing to bring him to justice. Like I, oh man, like it's, it's good daredevil. So good. It makes sense that Bendis wrote daredevil for years because like he, he writes good daredevil. He, yeah. he gets that character really well. He sure does. 
you, you know, throughout all of this, I can't, um, I, I, um, <clears throat> I love reading this, but also what keeps catching my eye is, um, Iron Fist in the back. Yes. Uh huh. Which time. is which has a wonderful payoff. Yeah. Because he's basically like, look, he he told you that you know he told you what he told you to make you think that I betrayed you because he wants to break our group down, and he's basically like, and I don't think Moon Knight betrayed us either because that's not really in his nature. And you see Danny Rand, like, kind of his eyes shift down. And in one of the most wonderful page turns I've ever seen, you see Daredevil's face light up. And in the next page, he turns. He turns look, slowly. Turns slowly to look at Iron Fist. I fucking love this page. Like, did you tell him how my powers so work? So good. Fisk. Did you? Oh, that's right. You don't know how my powers work. You don't know I can hear your heart beating and feel your body temperature fluctuate. You can? I'm a human lie detector, Danny Rand. Like, I love it. So good. And ending the issue is just like, what did you tell the kingpin? Exactly. Like that terrifying face. That's scary. Yeah. Chapter 110. We're getting into the home stretch here. An amazing cover. This cover Wonderful freaks me out. Cover. This cover freaked me out because you can't see the pupils of the kingpin in nope. this. So it, it look, I know he's like looking at this, looking at in the front, but it looks like he has no pupils, mm-hmm. and then yeah. it's just like a reflection and like all this stuff and everything like that. He looks Good full boy. Shadow King here. Yeah, yeah. he does. Ooh, he does the Shadow yeah, King, does. You're right? Oof. Um, Let we me. we <laughs> cut into. Uh, down by the river, a popular place to have a van. Yeah, they're just where... sitting on the dock of the bay. <laughs> yeah, no, but just watching the time roll away. <laughs> Stop. And so we see the Kingpin's goons bring out the broken and battered body of Ronan. And I thought for sure this is going to be a situation where, like, oh, they're they're going to try and kill him, and somebody's going to rescue him. No. They straight up shoot him in the head and leave him in the river. They shoot him in the head so hard that, like, the little crown on his mask flies off. Yep. Yeah. And And they just leave his body. (laughs) Face down in the river. Specifically wants him in the river because it sends a message to the other guys in costumes. Like, I... Dude, like, this is when it becomes, like, a real crime story. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) Did I turn on the Sopranos all of a sudden? Yeah. There's superheroes in this? It's wild. It's amazing. And so Danny Rand is back with Fisk telling him everything that happened. And back with the uh with the reveal, Daredevil is kicking the absolute shit out of Iron Fist, much like in Netflix's The Defenders. And mm-hmm. because Anyway, I'm not going to get into all that because uh, <laughs> we would spend the rest of this podcast just talking about that. Iron Fist um, season two is really good, though. There's a season two. Season two. <laughs> season two is better than season one, but that doesn't make it good. It's really good. So, Doctor Strange is able to a, cause a ceasefire for now, and Danny Rand reveals he has my daughter. So Danny Rand's got a little baby girl with one. Say it with me now. Colleen. 
Ooh. Ooh. You got to do it like soulful. Yeah. I mean, she's a bad mother. Shut, Shut your, mouth. your mouth. So. Oh, my um, Colleen. We can dig it. I love it. I love, I love Colleen. This was actually for me, you know, timeline wise, this would be for me the first time I had ever seen that actual pairing in the comics. Because in the comics, it's usually Danny and Misty mm-hmm. are always exes. And mm-hmm. Colleen's just kind of like Misty's cool best friend who tolerates Danny. Yeah. So yeah. I thought this was an interesting choice. <laughs> it's Misty's girlfriend who allows Danny to also date Misty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Miss Misty is Aubrey Plaza in, uh, <laughs> in this. This is or no, that I guess that would be Colleen. She's like, this is my girlfriend, Misty. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. So um basically he tells them everything. He's like, I love Shang-Chi is just destroyed by this. I love that he just walks away. Doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the last time we see him. Like, that's Uh, it. He's gone. It makes me so sad. He literally just walks out of this book. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh man, that's some tough business. And so the two coming back to the present, uh, Kingpin's like, wait, he didn't kill you? I would have killed you. And Iron Fist is like, no, he he wanted me to come here and distract you. He said that you took something from him. You took his home. He said it was going to take away yours. And then all of a sudden, Kingpin immediately knows busts out the room comes running down the hallway and we get one of the most terrifying looking panels daredevil looks demonic the devil has come home absolutely he has and he's got his hand around vanessa's unconscious throat crazy so back inside the mindscape a uh, little redheaded girl and uh, the other two alters are shouting at Moon Knight to get up. When all of a sudden, who comes over? The giant fucking gorilla Ronin. With this giant ass mace that he's got to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Oh, he's clutching that thing with one hand so hard. Like, oh, man. And he just, like, takes two f- his two fingers and his thumb to pick up Moon Knight's head. Just get up! <laughs> yeah like all this so Ronan wakes up and we cut back to the penthouse where Daredevil's basically like look I'm gonna snap her neck you come anywhere over here I'm gonna shut her down and there's nothing you can do about it and Spider-Man gets in there and tries to convince him not to do this he's like if you do this it's over you can't take it back and Daredevil, who is at the end of his rope at this point, he says, it's the only thing he'll understand. And uh, I, I love this conversation because Spidey talks about, like, a guy killed my uncle. A guy killed him right in my own home. And I went after him. I went to kill him. And I could have. I had him. And, and no one would have ever known. Just me. But I didn't. I didn't do it. And for all the stupid stuff I've done and said, I know who I am because at that moment, right then, I did the right thing. I'm a big fan of yours. You know that. 
And I hate this fat tub of fatty with every fiber of my being. And I'm telling you this, if you do this, it's over. You can't take it back. Like, fuck, I love Spider-Man Daredevil team-ups. They're so good. So They're good. so good. They're so good together. And Kingpin basically tells him, like, it was just business. Don't make it personal. Oh, <laughs> the spickle. boy, boy, you really don't know when to not talk. <laughs> yeah, so good. And so basically, Daredevil strikes a deal with Kingpin. It's like, okay, you can take her. I won't kill her, but you leave the country for good. You take everything with you. You never come back here. And Spider-Man's just like, and you know what? If you don't, if anything happens to him, I sick Nick Fury on you, and you know I can. You can? I absolutely can. I absolutely can. Love it. He knows it. So good. And then we see Mark Spector turn himself into the police. Wait, what is this, Malcolm, what is this scene right before that? Because uh, it's back at the police precinct, and and yep. every time we do this, every time they're arresting some sort of like uh, hero villain kind of knockoff character, it's based yeah. on some sort of thing, right? It's yeah, I don't know event. what this one specifically would be based on. It just it's happens just, to be cloak and dagger. Yeah, it's yes. just it's cloak and dagger, right? Okay, it's just cloak right. and dagger, and they're right. both super hot and ladies, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I didn't know if you might have known what. No, this was. I, I've been racking my brain about this for like two weeks. I, I, I have no <laughs> idea what this one would be. There's no relevance to Cloak and Dagger at this point, so I don't know. So initially, when Ronan first shows up, I thought, oh, he's he's finally like seen the light. He's gonna go turn himself in for being a vigilante and for killing people. But no, he says Wilson Fisk tried to kill me tonight. He's a witness. Oh man, so good! I love this so much. And so, as they're driving Kingpin and the Rose, he's basically like, "I'm getting my Vanessa out of this country, and I like I should have done a year ago. And while I'm gone, you'll have Murdoch killed. And I want you to blow up that high school Spider-Man goes to, and I want you to blow it up while class is in session. And he he's like he's full on just raving lunatic because I want that Doctor Strange's hands broken. Yes, See, do Love this. It. Do this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, do do the whole thing. I'm getting my Vanessa out of this country like I should have done a year ago. And while I'm gone, you'll have Murdoch killed in his sleep on the courthouse steps. I don't care. I want that Dr. Strange's hands broken. And I want you to blow up that high school Spider-Man goes to. And I want you to blow it up while class is in session. I know you're mad, but a school full of children? While class is in session, you hire the best guys out there. I want the pros. I want this done with precision. I understand. They came into my home. They touched my wife. I understand. Fuck! What's that? And then all the cops roll up. And like the I end of heard, a good crime movie. <laughs> I heard some folks are born silver spoon in hand. <laughs> it ain't me. 
It ain't me. I ain't no fortunate one. It a hundred percent ended like one of those movies. It is. It is the end of a Michael Mann movie. Yes. This issue. This issue is the end of a Michael Mann movie. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Yes, it is. Like and really well played, Michael Mann. Like this is so sick. Where cops show up and you know they're like, "You're under arrest for what?" It's like attempted murder. Stephen Grant, Mark Spector. He's like, I don't know who that is. It's like Moon Knight. <laughs> and fuck it. And Kingpin's like, wait, he's still alive. Which, I mean, I mean, uh, that gets you right there. You're done. Got him. <laughs> yeah. Got him. Yeah. And so we get we get one of probably my favorite pages in the entire run so far. I love like shit going on while a newscast is going. I've just always loved that, like that aesthetic, and so we see all of the news, uh, news reports going on about the uh, about the arrest of the kingpin. You know, Mark Spector turning himself in, and we see the Ultimate Knights who have been irre- irreparably shattered as a team, as individuals. We see Shang-Chi has packed up his bags and he's leaving New York. Uh, Daredevil has entered his Bendis era. Uh, mm-hmm. Terrible things yeah. are headed for him. Honestly? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danny Rand, his daughter's safe, but at what cost? Uh, Doctor Strange, once again, alone. And Spider-Man, back to work. Keep on swinging. And yet, even Spider-Man has been touched by this because as Peter walks through the rain, he walks by this gigantic gaudy display of Spider-Man merch, which brings us to our final chapter for this, uh, for the session, chapter 111, one of my favorite issues of the entire run. This is one of the best issues of the run. Yeah. This is, I think, honestly, maybe one of the best issues of all time. This is one of the greats. One of the greatest Spider-Man issues I've ever read. 100%. So their house is fixed. Thank God. The uh, damage wreckers did a great job on this place. And the two of them finally decide to have the conversation. And so they basically go over his whole history. They talk about like how he got his powers. They talked about you know Norman and Harry and how that's affected them. And all of this stuff and how he's been balancing his life and she asks him the question why why do you do that and peter parker gives her the answer he's been given everybody since 1963 because with great power there must also come great responsibility and may immediately clocks it she says ben used to say that oh it's it's so good <laughs> it's inc- it's yeah. incredibly profound and it's so good it's one of the best retcons in comics the fact that that was an uncle ben saying that, that was not just a a narration bubble at the end yeah. of amazing fantasy 15 like right and it being used here for maximum emotional impact is just it's masterfully done absolutely masterfully done and then peter reveals to her like 
the guilt he's been carrying for 111 issues. I could have stopped the guy and I didn't because of that Uncle Ben died. And then we get... I I have always loved the character of Aunt May for different reasons throughout all of my time being a comic book fan. And one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough, but when it does, it always hits, is how Aunt May blames herself for Uncle Ben's death. There is something so impossibly endearing about a woman who lost the love of her life and has blamed herself for it for however long the comics have been going on while at the same time the person upstairs from her has turned that guilt into a crusade and instead of turning her guilt into a crusade she turned her guilt into a promise that she was never going to lose another man from her house and i I love it. I love the treatment here. She says, you know, I blame myself for it too. I wanted to buy that house. Your uncle did not. If we weren't in that house, if we bought the one Ben wanted, he'd probably still be here. But she gives a very sobering, uh, a very sobering response to both of their guilt. She says, that's not what happened and it's not true. And something about that with the journey that may has been on through this series hits me in a way that i did not expect um the growth that she has shown this has not just been spider-man's story and that's what i think the best spider-man comics are it's not just about peter it's about the people whose lives he touches and this has been aunt may's story just as much as peter um very rarely does Aunt May get the spotlight in a lot of, you know, Spider-Man runs. One that comes to mind immediately, Friendly Neighborhood by Tom mm-hmm. Taylor uh-huh. uh, is a great Aunt May run. Uh-huh. And I just love this story. I love the two of them talking. And he's like, you know, I know that, you know, our guilt, you know, my guilt isn't going to fix anything. He's like, I do what I do because I have to, but Uncle Ben, I know, I think he would love it. And Aunt May gives him the ultimate vindication by saying he would. This was maybe my favorite scene in Spider-Man 2 is the bit where Peter tells May uh, that he's responsible. And she meets it with like outrage and like yells at him and kicks him out. Like, and it's it's a really rough scene. Oh, you mean the this wait movie. where she just wait in the third movie? Oh wait, no, is it, is it three or is it two? Well, I always, in, in, I always in two. In two, she never screams at him. Yeah, she doesn't she, scream. You're right. She's you're right. just slightly you're right. reserved. She yeah, gets up and she leaves. She gets up and she just leaves. Right, she can't yeah. even look at him. Yeah, that's yeah. the third movie. That's, uh, that's the third movie. She, she yeah, when he yeah the quiet contemplation of nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. and just gets yeah. up and I always mix the two and... together. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I I love that. Uh yeah. but this is what I wish that was. Well we do get that at the end at the end of the we get it at the end. We get it in two the conversation. Yeah. But everybody yeah. loves a hero. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Ugh. 
Um, Ultimate Aunt May is one of the best characters. It's, it's the best Aunt May. It's the Clearly. best Aunt May. It's e far and away. It's not even a contest. No. And you can tell where there's a lot of that in uh, Marissa Tomei Aunt May. Yes. I Definitely. think that they, they took a lot of really good elements of Ultimate Anime and put that in her. Mostly uh, that she's a fox. Mostly that she's a fox. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that she's apparently older than she looks, which is wild. Um, but uh, you, especially like in No Way Home, you get a lot of Ultimate Anime there. Yeah. That's oh, very yeah, ultimately, which I, I really appreciate that. And so they continue on the conversation. She tells him, you know, basically that like, yeah, danger is going to fucking happen. And that's just how it is. And I love the moment where she's like, oh, my God. And Peter's like, oh, maybe we should stop. She says, no, I'm, I'm excited. I have to tell you, this is such a relief. It's like the world's gone to full color. Now I see everything. Now I see how everything's connected. And she calls back to the therapy issue. Uh -huh. where she talks about you don't know this but i, I was kind of obsessed with why this spider-man was so close to my life why was spider-man always in this neighborhood why was spider-man there when ben died why is he at your school and now i see it's no mystery it's just how unbelievable how unbelievably careless you are <laughs> i love how it immediately turns it. into a parenting moment like yeah. <laughs> It's just because you're being a fucking idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just they keep looking for me. And she goes, you know, someone's going to get hurt. And he says, not if I can help it. And then she asks him the question to lead us out of the issue. She says, how do you do this? Tell me how you go from little Peter Parker to the Spider-Man. How do you know when to be Spider-Man? And then we turn the page and the art shifts. We get acquainted with a brand new artist. As Ladies and gentlemen, he's, she's, they, everybody. Are you ready for Stuart Eminem to rock the house? I, because I know I, when I was doing the list of creators at the beginning of this book club, I rattled off his name. Somehow that blew by me. I figured. <laughs> because when I turned the page and I saw one Stuart Eminem's pencils, I flipped the fuck out. I mean, because Malcolm mentioned he he said last week he was like, next volume includes the the next artist that's going to be carrying this forward. So when I turned the page and saw Eminem's art, I got super hype. This panel, this first panel of Spider Man swinging, Just swinging yeah. is so perfection, so perfect, absolute perfection. And this is like a younger Eminem. That's the best thing. Yeah. He's another one that evolves way past where he is here. It's it's striking to see this because in a lot of books, when an art artist changes over, it's really jarring. Eight times out of ten, like it immediately is like, oh, okay, weird. This time did not feel like that. Nope. You know, you mentioned No Way Home earlier. It felt distinctly like the end of that film where mm -hmm. we see Peter Parker stripped down to the essentials of what mm -hmm. we know him as. And when he leaps out of the window, that's not the Peter Parker we've been following for the last, you know, however many years since 2016 with his Mr. Starks and 
you know, yeah. all of that stuff. This and is Spider now, Monkeys and all that. Yeah. Yeah. This is now a Night fully monkey, formed I mean. Spider Man. Night Monkey. And <laughs> it's the sign of something new. And I, fuck, oh, man, I dug this so much. And I, I've said before, I'm usually not a fan of the big text walls with art next to it. But, but this time this, there's a reason. Yes. Because you got to show off that beautiful imminent art. You have to show off the art and you have to get the reader used to the art. Yeah. Yeah. This is a perfect way to showcase. Oh, hey, here's your new artist for the book. And another perfect way to do that. Include the spot. Oh, my God. My fashion icon. My fashion icon. (laughs) Oh, my God. I nearly flipped a table when I found it was like the spot. Are you kidding me? There are there are two different covers for this issue. One is the cover that you see at the beginning of your digital file with uh with Spider-Man in the middle and Aunt May and Peter on each side. Yeah. Uh, and then the other cover is a Stuart Eminem drawn cover of Spider-Man fighting the spot. Oh! Yo. <laughs> That's dope as fuck. That's Which so is lit. Cool. Like <laughs> oh, man. So oh, man. basically Peter tells her the story of him battling the spot and you know he's I, I love this moment where he's just like you know people were in danger and Aunt May's like so you beat him up he's like I can tell you're not comfortable hearing about this part so let's just skip it <laughs> and then we get this large just blank blank part of the page where he's like but I saved the day I guess I guess <laughs> <laughs> we'll listen for those of you who don't know who the spot is the spot is Imagine One of the most just, incredible and legendary villains of all time. Honestly, formidable villains ever made. <laughs> One of the most underrated Marvel characters. Yes, easily, easily, because the spot is power. It's power uh, the, rules. The it's spot. Like, it, I, I, yeah, how do you describe? It? I like to think of him as he is a he is a cartoon that came out of the Roger Rabbit world and took like the portable hole technology and pretty much just went into the marvel universe and just Mm -hmm. like i am now this is my power this is my power is just producing portable holes everywhere everywhere within within scape and it's just like ultimate looney tunes character yeah he is an ultimate looney tunes (laughs) character really honestly (laughs) he's terrifying he's kind of scary so basically uh we cut back to peter and aunt may and they're basically just talking about you know all of the things that he's been through he's like all of these things like maybe everything that's been leading up to this maybe something's about to happen he's like i don't know maybe i'm too close to see it maybe it's nothing but if there is something bigger i just feel that until it reveals itself the least i can do is help as many people as i can does that make any sense and aunt may tells him like Everyone else has to worry about their kids drinking, doing drugs, stealing a car. There's no precedent for what I'm going to have to worry about because there's nothing really I can do to stop you from doing this. He says, "I, you want to stop me? And she says, I don't want you to get hurt. And he just, he says, I don't want to get hurt either. And it reminds me so much of Into the Spider-Verse where they go to Aunt May's house for the first time. Mm-hmm. And she oh, goes, yeah. you look tired, Peter. And he laughs. He's like, I am tired. Oh, I tired. cry every yeah. time at that line. <laughs> like, I uncontrollable tears. Like, I can't. I love that line so much. And that's exactly the mo- the kind of tone I got from this. And 
Uh, she's like, you know, this isn't going to be easy. And he's like, but here's the thing. You can't tell anyone, not your therapist, not your friend, not this guy you're seeing who I do, who I don't even know who he is. There are people with money who want me dead. And, you know, she mentions Gwen Stacy. She's like, you know, eventually something's, something's uh, coming here looking for me. And when she mentions, like, I can't tell Miles, my mind broke for a moment. Like, uh, I had a short circuit where I was like, wait, no, it's not time yet. Hold on. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I had to remember Miles Warren. Miles Warren. Miles Warren. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, they basically continue on the conversation. And he's like, you can't tell anybody. And she says, I love you. You are my son. In my wildest dreams, I couldn't even imagine that you would have grown up to be this good of a person. You were the best parts of your father, your mother, and my Ben all rolled up into one amazing person. And he says, and you. I'm part you too. And she says, you stay here and you grow up. I don't want to miss a minute of it. <laughs> and the two of them hug and they cry and I am tearing up. Yeah. Um, and she says, you know, I'm, I have a million more questions, but I'm going to go lie down. He says, sure, I'll wake you for dinner. She says, what are you going to do? And he says, I don't know. Go to MJ's, do some homework. I'm sure I'll find something to do. And we get this beautiful splash page where, mm -hmm. honestly, you could have ended the series here. It, it, yeah. Literally everything was wrapped mm -hmm. up with mm -hmm. a nice little bow most things most things yeah um but of course leaving room for more stories to be told but like mm -hmm. bendis could have left the book here mm -hmm. it could have been a completely new writer artist team going off from this and this could have been his ending and it would have been perfect and at the same time i love that he gave this ending to bad because it feels yeah. like a big creative team like ending yeah I, a collaborative I end. He, it feels like a collaborative end i love that he gave this ending to bagley yeah and honestly I, I, it kind of i think it's really beautiful agreed and it kind of makes me and i and i'm a hundred percent sure i'm reading too far into this where this conversation at least this end part could almost be seen as bagley and bendis talking to each other about Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do mm -hmm. this stuff. Uh -huh. um, I'm gonna continue this. You're gonna continue the story on. I don't mm -hmm. want this to suck for you because yeah. we've been together for so long. And Bendis saying essentially like, "We're we're the team, regardless of where I go, but I'll I'm gonna figure it out. I'll find something to do." And I don't know. I just I really like that idea of it. I love this as a swan song for them. I love the fact that they got this time that, like you said, this feels like a true ending for them as a team. So uh, yeah, that that wraps up this volume. Um, I want to ask, what was your, now that we're here at the end of the Bagley-Bendis partnership, at least for this book, um, what was your favorite collaboration moment between the two of them specifically when it comes to the art i would love to know <sighs> it's tough i can go first if it makes it easier for you guys yeah that'd be probably better um, 
a lot of the times what I, I mentioned it earlier, I love the, uh, the progression of Bagley's art through this book, how it changed, how it evolved. But every single time that we got a moment of human connection, whether it be um, Peter and May, Peter and Mary, uh, Peter and Kitty, um, mm -hmm. I adore Bagley's ability to convey human emotion and how it hits you like a goddamn truck every single time. Yeah. Um, he would go on, of course, to make me cry while recording a podcast in Spider-Man Life Story. If you want to hear me openly sobbing during a recording of a podcast, go listen to that episode. Um, but his ability to convey human emotion, to convey human connection is something that I will always adore about him and about his work on Spider-Man. And he makes a hell of a splash page. I mean, this final swinging off into the sky, like that's a final swing for the movies if I've ever seen one. It's, yeah. it's iconic. It's incredible. So that's, that's for me what I will take away from Bagley's time on Spider-Man. Jacob, you want to go? Uh, the, uh, what I could, uh, you know, you know, um, the alternatives to this comic have been fascinating um, because there's such a rich men, uh, mythos behind Spider-Man that collaboratively taking that on to reinvent it and to reimagine it and, uh, in a new way, in the same way, but in a new way. Uh, we've, uh, we've all seen this by three different Spider-Man franchises and, um, and multiple comic books in this. Um, the thing I take away from this is just the new interpretations and the new styles of like these characters. The, 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 the evolution of Shocker becoming the Shocker in this series. Uh, my most poignant thing that I really love that was actually in this volume is that Bagley draws is the motion of something moving in motion and uh, like the, the, the school bus, the panel, uh, the school bus crashing into the school, the way it looks like it actually is coming out of the comic, kind of like this 3D aspect of like it's moving, uh, it, like it, it looks like a picture, like somebody took a picture of, some, some of, of an object moving. Um, it is perfectly drawn that way. Um, I have, I rarely see that drawn because it's so difficult to do that. And, um, and I think it has to do with like computers and stuff like that, but regardless, um, I love that, that, that makes it feel less like, um, a 2d world, but more three dimensional. And like this comic is coming out at me. And like this, this, the story is coming out at me. I, I love that. I love that out of artists in terms of like, um, uh, uh, their art style and everything that they try to do something that's like kind of a little different and stuff that that kind of like motion with that as well as um, um, the way he the the way he draws his environments and everything like that is really kind of cool I, I think that takes the, the takeaway from this in terms of Bagley's art for me is that is just like man what a what a great artist <laughs> Malcolm um, a uh, honestly, it's a little bit of a blend of you guys. You guys pretty much nailed what I was going to talk about. Uh, 
it's between the the designs i love the ultimatification of a lot of these characters yeah. i think just there's such amazing design work just across the board i mean electro like wow um, yeah to, to shoot yeah. out a few electro vulture doc ock uh scorpion uh spider woman like a lot of those designs are just unbelievably cool like i think yeah. the such great reworks and redesigns. Yeah. I mean, Ronin in this, like Ronin looks so fucking awesome. Um, but honestly, it's, it, it, and I, I talked a little bit about this when we read the issue uh, forever ago. If you go back to chapter two of this book club, <laughs> uh, issue 13 is my favorite single issue of all time. Um, that is Peter telling MJ uh, that he's Spider-Man. Um, that's the that's the issue that I got signed by Mark Bagley because that's the one that means the most oh, that's to so me. Cool. That's the one that uh, that speaks to me so hard and was when I knew like oh this is this is my favorite book of all time like this is this is the greatest there's there's never gonna be a book better than this for me um, yeah it's it's absolutely that uh, and it's because of what you talked about Eric was just like you know just the the way that he's able to convey emotion and everything and convey the emotion of the words uh, just on the faces and on the acting. Like, it's such good acting. It's such good cartooning. Um, I I adore him. I adore Bagley so much. Yeah. Yeah. He's so and, great. And speaking of that, too, we, we mentioned a lot because we, I think, I, I like to think we've given Bagley a lot of love in this book club. Um, and we, one thing that we always, like, pointed out very early on was his design of, uh, female characters mm -hmm. yeah the fact that That's all of them look mention. distinct the fact yeah. that none of them look don't look like palette swaps of each other yeah. mm -hmm. um you would never mistake the design of gwen stacy for the design of mj and vice versa no. um even though liz allen went through four different redesigns yeah uh, hey listen she, hey, she has four different haircuts you know <laughs> hey. I at least she was freckles identifiable and, yeah. you know yeah, yeah you know? that's the thing we still know it's liz yeah and i i really do love and something that i love about at least uh on the ultimate collection that i'm reading through this on comiXology the end of it basically has a you know it's showing all of these like great like amazing achievements and stuff and it's peppered <laughs> with it's this article that peppers through showing the evolution of his art over the course of 111 that's years. cool and it's so cool man that's really cool I, I don't know if it was specifically set up that way but like the panels are sequentially like showing it that's neat. really really freaking cool um bagley is iconic bagley is a god among men when it comes to especially his spider-man work and i'm going to miss him on this book for sure yeah that being said uh, we're going to roll on to volume 19, but before we do, final thoughts on this volume and what was your favorite part? I love this volume. I think it's great. It's a great ending, uh, but easily the favorite part is the talk, man. Yeah. The uh, talk and the Michael Mann ending of the of the crime situation. Yes, like, 100%. <laughs> you can hear the slow blues jazz. Like, the... Get some, some of the midnight in there. <laughs> yeah it's awesome it's like the end of an episode of nypd blue yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like they got cool. their man but they didn't get what they wanted you know like it's yeah. exactly yeah it's perfect that's how crime should be treated mm -hmm. for sure jacob justice um this was great this was every 
this was a better defenders book than any defenders book I could think of. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, and I've only read like two of them. So uh, this, this was great between like, you know, the Ronin character being a part of this and um, God, I'm trying to think of like my favorite moments here, you know, that, like that pulling that mask in the school bus. It's, it's so fucking mask. stupid. It's funny. so good. It's so good. So good. So, good. so, good. so that, cool. Uh, um, the conversations with Daredevil and that whole, whole exchange. The, the best part for me. Yeah. is definitely the, it's the last issue. It's uh, it's, it's Aunt May asking why he's Spider-Man. Uh, how does he become Spider-Man? And what, uh, and, and what we, what do we go forward with knowing that he's Spider-Man? It's, it's these, it was everything I needed in that. And I did cry too, because that, what you read less than the whole, re- the, the whole, um, the whole, like him, she explaining in the end, but the whole lead up that into that, that we didn't mention was that um, she, she yelled at him saying that he's no longer son and he wants her out of there. Yeah. And he was just going like, so I know you want me to leave and I, I'm don't, I'm going to, I'm going to find a place. I'm going to, I'm going to, I just got a raise at the daily bugle and Aunt May is just like, Peter, Peter, listen, no, no, I want you here. I want you here. And, uh, and it, it just, it was just amazing that that was just was more touching than any other Spider-Man comic. This felt more like the, this, what we mentioned was like, it's very much Aunt May from uh, no way home because, um, uh, no Uncle Ben death has ever made me cry. And I didn't cry until this new interpretation of Aunt May uh, uh, in that movie, in that homecoming movie of just, uh, not homecoming, uh, uh, no, way, no Way Home, that, that that was the first time I actually cried at that particular kind of uh, origin because it was like, oh, this is, this is it. Um, it reminded me so much of that. It reminded me so much of that and how how essential Aunt May is. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't like our new artists. Really? The one clutch. That Spider-Man shot was great. And then the rest of it, I was like, oh, no. Are you one of those sketchy pencil type artist that's going to make yes. all the shadows a little yeah. more black and all I this love style. Him. I love his art I, so much. I don't let's like see it. If that, let's see if that maintains throughout the next couple of right. Volumes. Yeah. Cause I, cause I will say, I, I think I mentioned it in the first, uh, in the first volume, I wasn't a huge fan of Bagley's art. Yeah. In that volume. Fair. So we'll see if you go on the same journey that I went on. And, yeah. and Jacob, I will tell you, when I first read this issue, when it came out, I was closer on the same lines as you. It, okay. Yeah. I, I feel, I figured that he, things are going to get so, better. It's just this kind of new interpretation is li- li- uh, this artist, this artist's viewpoint, I should say is kind of not my kind of shift. It's We're about to hit shift. 2008. You got to embrace change. Oh yeah. Well, oh, oh yeah. What oh. a year. 2008 yes, was. we can. <laughs> it's yes. <laughs> So, yes, we can. Um, real yes, quick, I can. wanted to do this before we uh, hop over. We got a piece of mailbag. Oh, oh mail! We got an oh, ultimate man. mailbag, as Here's it was listed by our, uh, <laughs> Thank you. by our uh, good brother, Gaius McCain, who wrote up, in. Um, Gaius writes, Hi, Eric and his amazing friends. So I've been thinking about the ultimate universe and some of the ultimate characters. What 
are your what are your guys's favorite i like the enforcers venom carnage and deadpool and yes malcolm this aunt may is my favorite version of aunt may love your podcast look forward to it every wednesday and friday and then because i i read this on my phone first i'm going to screen share real quick because i i saw oh like there's an attachment what did he what did he send with this (laughs) this man sent me a circle Incredible. <laughs> that is that is my favorite character. Oh my God. I hate that's I can't incredible. <laughs> that's Guys, incredible. The betrayals never cease, but I appreciate yeah. it. Um Guys, that is unbelievable. What wow. a what a maniacal turn of events. <laughs> I'm I'm so impressed. I my one hope is that Stuart Eminent draws less circles. That's my goal. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll just narrow it down because we, we tend to go long in the tooth on these. Um, one ultimate variation that you found that it, that is your favorite out of the group. So many, excluding Spider Man. Excluding Spider Man, uh, we'll say. Okay. It would be Spider Woman. Oh yeah! Yes, damn it! You yeah. took you took mine. That's, that's a really good. I honestly, I really liked Gwen. Ultimate Gwen was fantastic. Gwen is a great pick. Yeah. Ultimate Gwen's awesome. Um, yeah. Fuck. And I, I guess I hate to say it, and it. I guess it's technically not cheating, but this version of Carnage is yeah. so much more yeah. terrifying than 616. Yeah. And 616 for... Carnage ran a death cult. Thank you. So... you uh, uh, the, the only character I can think of that I don't have any qualms at, that without any nitpicking is Venom. Uh, I nice. I loved Ultimate Venom in this. Yeah, dude. Venom was fantastic in, the, <laughs> in this whole reinterpretation. And I agree with you. Same thing with Carnage was just like, wow, didn't expect that for Carnage and stuff. Yeah. Um, Noted yeah. symbiote hater Jacob Brown chose a symbiote as his favorite ultimate. My upgrade. man. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. Malcolm said Spider Woman. I said Gwen Stacy slash Carnage. And, and Jacob be sure said to check, Venom. Be sure to check your weather because uh, it might be raining pigs or some uh, somewhere. <laughs> like the fact that I said this. half frozen over. Yes. Uh, a very real quick, a very close second would be Mary Jane. Obviously, she's great. She's great and. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. I would say there is a dip for her at a certain point. Yeah, I, was but, I know there's that point, but yeah, but yeah, I, my, I get it. My close second was Geldof. That was that was <laughs> fucking Geldof. I was God gonna say damn it. Baby. I was, I was thinking Geldof. God damn it, Geldof, baby. so good. <laughs> no oh, cool all Geldof. <laughs> yeah guys that that those are our picks thank you so much for writing in and if you have a yeah. question if you want to be part of our ultimate mailbag uh just send emails to geeksplained at gmail.com put ultimate mailbag i guess in the subject header that's what we're going to call it now thanks for the name guys um, so they used to call me in high school an ultimate ultimate mailbag, mailbag. <laughs> i don't want to know why um you don't is- <laughs> But yeah, so send your uh, send your emails in, and maybe you'll have it read next week. Which, speaking of next week, we're hopping over to volume nineteen. Oh my goodness! Which is called "Death of a Goblin." Oh my! We're getting more circles. God damn it! <laughs> 
Uh, volume 19, Death of a Goblin, reads like this. The artistic baton is passed from longtime penciler Mark Bagley to stunning new ongoing artist Stuart Immonen. Peter and his Aunt May have perhaps the most important conversation of Peter's life. It's a gut-wrenching, emotional roller coaster you'll never forget. And Spider-Man is on the call when there is a huge explosion in the side of the Treskelion, the side housing superhuman criminals. From the acrid smoke emerges a man seething with vengeance, a man who wants Peter Parker dead. That man is Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin. And for the web spinner, things are about to get out of control. So that's going to be issues 112 through 117. Uh, we're doing goblins. We're back to that that old chestnut. Yeah. We'll see. Can't, can't beat. We'll see how this goes. It's going to be Stuart Eminem's maiden voyage on the Ultimate Spider-Man book. Very excited to see how it turns out. Uh, but yeah, tune in for that next week. Again, issues 112 through 117. Be there or be square, not a circle. But for now, for the Geek Explain Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I'm Malcolm Russell Nelson. I'm Jacob Brown. And we will see you next time. Also, once again, fuck the Supreme Court.
it's funny though, that that first appearance of him in Doctor Who, that's like one of my favorite 11th Doctor episodes. Oh, it's such a good episode. The longer episode. episode. Yeah. It's a good episode. It's because 11th is the best. Uh, <laughs> false. Debatable. <laughs> and with that, hey, let's do it. Let's start talking some Spider Man. Some knights. For me, it's <gasps> Peter Cushney. Anyway, Spider Man. Spider Man. Jesus. For me, it's Rowan I, I, Atkinson. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. If, yeah. that, if he was, he would definitely be my favorite. Fuck. He would God. be a good doctor he when he when he did like the parody old, one yeah, when you he did the parody, yeah. yeah yeah all written Shit, by Stephen he good, like actually like doing it though i a would legit be, doctor yeah mm-hmm. fuck that's a good call he was though, though you know it's almost of, gonna be speaking of uh british bake-off um Noel, Noel, I think would be a really interesting doctor. Noel would be very eleven and twelve combined, and I think that'd be fucking awesome. I would, mm. I would think he'd almost be more like eleven and four, just so alien mm. to everything around him. Noel, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Plus you're the right. outfits. Think of the outfits. See, that's that's what I was thinking. Twelve, because he'd have that like rock star element to him. Yeah, like, and I'm like, yeah, that'd be fucking cool. <laughs> he'd be the rock star old man. Like, it'd be awesome. Hell yeah, Full he's old too. So Full yeah, he's, almost, he's like almost fifty, right? Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He does not look it. He looks no older. The man than is us. aging well. Yeah, he's doing great. He I is old. Greg years he is, ago. He's Paul running it so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He's got that Rudd disease for sure. Rudd yes. Disease. Rudd's disease. Rudd's disease. <laughs> All right. Let's see this. <laughs> <laughs>